Well, if you ever wondered where we come up with these funny things, they just kind of come off the top of our head, and sometimes we don't have any, like tonight. So here, listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 170 for the week of Wednesday, 27 May, 2015. I'm John. With me tonight are... Ben. And Justin. This episode is being brought to you by the fantastic people over at Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is the Sideshow Collectibles Punisher Premium Format Statue, and our discussion topic is a recording of a panel from Appleseed Comic Con. Howdy, everybody. How y'all doing? Hello, hello. Very well. Mr. Good, good, thank you. Mr. Ben, what have you been up to? Oh, I've had a pretty good week, actually. Uh, earlier this week, I celebrated another successful rotation of the sun. Congratulations. Was, uh, yeah, thank, you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was uh, very nice. And uh, so not like it used to be in the old days. Now I have assistants who are more than willing to help me open my presents. Mm. So... Uh, I have one that's happy to tell me what it is, uh, another one that's happy to um, to help me open it, and uh, another one who's more than happy to take ownership if I don't want it. So, <laughs> but uh, that was all very good. Got some pop vinyls and things like that, and something else I'll talk about a bit later. And but other than that, uh, pretty normal week. Sexting Justin, you know, usual sort of stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> was that this week or last week? <laughs> oh, it wasn't on last week, so. <laughs> no, that, uh, that was the musical episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how it happens, but, uh, I've only ever done it a couple of times, but it always seems to end up going to Justin, so <laughs> I feel like I just need to, you know, tell him my feelings live on air, so. Hey, yeah. Was it a, well, was he caught in a storm? Was it, was it a picture or, uh? <laughs> no, 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 nothing so exciting. <laughs> Nah, but, um, it's just oh, <laughs> the usual stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, Sorry about picking up milk or bread or something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Um, I got along and saw Mad Max Fury Road and, uh, I thought it was bloody awesome. I, I gotta ask you guys, how, how big is it down there? Oh, I mean, they talk about it a lot. So, I mean, you know, it's yeah. been 30 years since the last Mad Max, so it's not like everyone's, you know, been raving, you know, for the next film. So it was kind of big when they talked about, um, you know, the news was talking about how George Miller was filming at um, a place called Broken Hill, which is known for the mining, but it's quite a desolate area, um, quite an arid area. And uh, when they got underway with filming the movie, um, they had just had an unseasonable wet season in that area. And um, the whole area broke out in these cute little flowers. Yeah. <laughs> because of the, the weather. And basically George went, well, you know, this isn't a post-apocalyptic landscape. And, um, yeah, they were ready to spend all this money in Australia to make the film and they ended up going off to Namibia or, or somewhere in Africa, I think, so, mm. to, to do a lot of it. So after they sort of took off with the filming, we didn't hear much about it. But look, I, I thought it was great. I'm a, a huge fan of the original 
um, Mad Max. I think Mad Max 2 is a great film, and um, I think this one was yeah fun entry in the franchise, and I hope they do more. Okay. I've heard only good things here, so... Yeah, it's fun. It's it's just like a turn your brain off, pointless violence. Just sit back and enjoy. Well, cool. So, hey, cool. What about you, Justin? What have you been up to? Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping to see that tomorrow. Um, I remember when the third one came out. There was a shot of I think it was Sydney Harbour in after um, nuclear war, and uh, my mum wouldn't let me go and see it. <laughs> she said, "This <laughs> is the height of the old uh, Cold War. You know, are they going to bomb us or not?" <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, it took yeah, me yeah. ages to see that uh, third one. <laughs> um, yeah, but I have to say, it's probably not. It's probably not a popular choice, but it's my favourite out of all three. I love Has Thunderdome. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but nothing exciting happened to me this week at all. <laughs> rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. So did you keep the power on? It. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, turning around and, uh, <laughs> everything's going all right in that regards. Just, um, cleaning up actually had the insurance guy out for a couple of little things and we have to put a new downpipe in, but, you know, just boring life stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nothing too exciting at all. Wow. What's well, going cool. uh, How about yourself, John? Pardon? How about yourself? Oh, um, well, I was at our local Comic Con Appleseed last weekend and I was there all weekend and that was about it because, uh, Mrs. Nerd was selling some prints and stuff. So, uh, I mainly sat at a table the whole time. I didn't even get to walk around. Oh, really? Did you pick up any cool loot? No, actually I didn't. I, I did. I bought, um, uh, a print of Edgar Allan Poe from the guy that was sitting next to me. Uh, oh, yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Nerd. Because she's a big Poe yep. fan. So, um, and actually his name's Kevin Minart, M-I-E-N-E-R-T. And, uh, he's a pretty cool, uh, guy. Uh, he does a lot of those, uh, prints where it's a hero, maybe split down the middle and would say be Spider-Man and Green Goblin or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he actually had a really cool one that looked like it was pretty popular with, uh, Venom, Spider-Man in the middle, and then Carnage on the other side. Oh, okay. Uh, it's kind of funny, a uh, guy from a cup, uh, boost down, he had brought this comic box, long box lid. He goes, Hey, could you just do a quick little sketch in the corner? And he's like, well, yeah, sure. I'll do that for you. And he goes, what do you want? And he's like, well, you're a Marvel guy. Just pick your favorite Marvel character. And that guy walks away <laughs> and I'm like, you know what you should do? <laughs> you should do Dazzler. <laughs> he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and did he? Uh, he did a really awesome oh. Spider-Man sketch. And then, oh, and then I pulled out, oh, you should have done Dakota North. And he looked at me like, was, okay, you've finally done it. You stumped me. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah, he must be a young guy then. No, no. He's, I just uh, think he missed that one. <laughs> it was a huge run. Four issues? <laughs> Something like that. I, I have all four of them. Yeah, I do somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah. we probably should move on and do some articulated news and get this whole thing started. Cool. Get into it. Let's do it. Power Rangers Samurai. When evil gets mega bad, you need to get mega big. The new Claw Zord puts the pinch on evil, then morphs to Battle Zord, and combines with the Samurai Megazord to create the ultimate Claw Armor Megazord to clamp down on evil for good. Because when you combine your powers, evil doesn't stand a chance. Power Rangers Claw Zord and Samurai Megazord, each sold separately.
Well, before we get to all our main features, we like to start each episode with a little bit of articulated news, and that's where we kind of discuss the latest things that we have seen and caught our eye. Maybe they're collectibles, maybe they're statues. Don't worry, people, we won't statues forever. Sometimes they're just uh, pre-orders, but, uh, you know, there's things that caught our eye, and sometimes there's things that caught your eye because uh, we have a Reddit. It's at reddit.com backslash r backslash AFB podcast, and that is where you can go and tell us about the things that caught your eye. And if they get ranked, we will read them out here. Actually, we'll probably read them out here anyway because we're lazy, and that way we don't have to go find our own news. So anyway, <laughs> Justin, you have our first piece of news, so take it away. Okay, my first bit of news um, is Mizco Toys have shown pictures of the 112 Collective Limited Edition San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. The Dark Knight Returns deluxe box set. So this is a box set with a dirty uh, blood and mud stain. They've gone for the double threat in Batman. Um, and he comes with a mutant leader. So the bad thing is that it's uh, limited to a 1,000 pieces. And oh, I imagine that the retail price or the resale price, I should say, when they hit eBay, um, is going to be ridiculous. Um, some of the, some of the exclusive for this are the, uh, battle, as I mentioned, the battle damaged Batman who has blood and, and mud all over him. We have the mutant leader with, um, I'm sure this is going to be discussed sooner or later, the massive nipples that he sports <laughs> straight out <laughs> of the, straight out here. of the comic. Yeah. <laughs> so I also get a display base of Gotham City junkyard over 10 inches long with felt footing. So that's, Pretty impressive, packed in a large um, closed box um, with all the goods and pieces. So 30 points of articulation is the, what they go on about the 112 crafted body with the six inch uh, scale. It's uh, pre-order available for the 20. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I was reading it the American way. <laughs> 21st of the 5th, 2015 <laughs> um, at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Um, they really have gone all out for this uh, exclusive. This is an exclusive is all about, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, very impressed. (laughs) To begin with, I was kind of a bit, you know, like, oh, all they're doing is, you know, releasing, you know, figures that are already going to be released and they've just sort of dirtied them up a bit. And I think, well, you know, I could do that with a paintbrush myself. But the fact that they've actually done like a full polycast, you know, base, like for the diorama, Mm. that's actually pretty nifty. That's probably one of the most, um, I don't know, the most detailed sort of, um, Comic Con exclusives we've had. You know, yeah. to include a base and you know, it's, you know, price is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I just don't like this, this couple of months leading up to, um, Comic Con as well. I think they release their, um, exclusives too early, you know, the pictures. I'd like, like more of a surprise sort of factor. Um, uh, yeah, I'm kind of over it in general because I really? just, I, I, well, see, what I do is I sit there and I wait those um those Comic Con exclusives I know I'm not gonna be able to get my hands on and then I'm either gonna to have to fight for them on eBay. Mm. So uh, you know, I'm over the whole exclusives thing, so mm. anyway. But yeah, this is neat. I, I do like it. And if I was at San Diego, I would pick one of these up. Yeah. Hmm. Imagine the um <laughs> one thousand and first person in line. Was it gonna be too impressed? <laughs> yeah. Was it gonna sell out right away? I'm not a fan of that mutant, so it wouldn't bother me either way. Well, it's comic I, I just, Yeah, it yeah, is. Comic it definitely is. I just, I'm not a fan. Mm. Well, okay. and, uh, mm. that was brought to us by Silbert on Reddit. So. Oh, I apologize. Okay. I had all that. Yeah. Silbert, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> okay. I'm going to move along to the best bit of, um, next bit of news. Our good friends from Mezco 
<laughs> got one twelve collectible Judge Dread the Cursed Earth figure. This is a previews exclusive. Um, now, obviously, this is Judge Dread, and from what I can see, we discussed this just before that the um, the actual helmet and and the costume details seem to be a light a lighter sort of color, but we can't really get too much details because it's covered by the uh, what you call that the smock the the um, Cursed Earth smock. Yeah. I mean, once again, they've gone above and beyond. We get uh, two sets of hands, handcuffs, baton, everything you expect from Judge Dredd. The detail on these figures uh, is very impressive. This is like a dirtied-up version, again, of Dredd, just looking at the boots and the glove pieces. And um, obviously it comes with a big base, just in case you don't know what a uh, character is with his name yeah. on it. Um, it released in August with a price of sixty nine ninety nine, and that comes from Tim Tam Tommy 2 on Reddit, I believe. Um, so it's actually new. I mean, it's, you know, it's a it's a previews exclusive, and so he obviously comes with the, um, you know, the, the poncho thingy mm. and maybe a different change in paint job. But, like, is, yeah. is that that gun, like, not his, um, not his law the, the rifle, yeah. Yeah, the rifle. Is that... Exclusive to this figure, like what's the difference? The difference between this and the regular Mezco figure. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent, but I think I don't think there's much of a difference at all. Except, like I said, the color scheme, like you said, to the costume looks to be a lighter blue, and um, you get a smock. Maybe mm. it's just they're um, cashing in on the high normal Mezco one that's coming out. So hope, <laughs> and mm. uh, you know, previous exclusive, and they're just. Give you a raincoat. It's like that episode of The Simpsons with uh, Malibu Stacey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New hat. <laughs> this looks heavily photoshopped. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Uh, like this sort of the around poncho the doesn't. Yeah. The mm. poncho doesn't look right. The base has been photoshopped underneath the figure. Yeah. It looks mm. like. Anyway, no, it's it looks cool. like the magazine swappable between the two guns. And like, might, there might be an extra one. Yeah. yeah. Still yeah. 70 bucks. I hope it's good. Yeah. It's what, one six for you? Absolutely. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So where do you sit with this, Justin? I mean, you're going to get one of these regardless. Are you, are you going to get the, uh, Cursed Earth previews exclusive? Yeah. After that little talk, I don't think I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see much of a difference. Give me a Judge Anderson, you know, or a, or a, um, yeah. a Mutie. Uh, I'd love one of those, but yeah. yeah. Nah, not doing too much for me. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, yeah, moving on to our very good friends. <laughs> so new pop news. We're getting uh, Orphan Black uh, figures. I don't know too much about Orphan Black, except that I've missed every single thing about it. I need to catch up. And pop yeah, vinyls. No spoilers. Yeah, no, I no can't give you any. <laughs> Crap. And pop vinyls from Orange is a New Black. Um, it's always good to see a uh, women's prison series or movie. <laughs> Coming to fruition. Um, once again, haven't seen too much about it, but it's on my to watch list. So, I mean, the Funkos or the pop vinyls as per usual, some of these would have to remain in the packaging to, um, tell you who they are and signify who they are because, you know, they're one of our gripes we have is that the, the plain version, the human, humanoid versions mm. aren't really that telling who the characters are when they just have pants and, and shirts on, you know. It's, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not, I'm not going to say the spoiler part, but I thought when we had saw the original Orphan Black stuff, like maybe at a Toy Fair, the Rachel was different from Orphan Black. Oh, jeez. I could remember. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. You're down for the spoiler yeah. anything? Uh, kind of like the end of last season. She looked like she did there. Mm. Can I just say that every one of those orphan black figures, their faces look exactly the same? But they, mm. they, they, oh, they, I saw that. See what yeah, I did there? Yeah. See what I did? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hang on, is that a spoiler? <laughs> not, not much of one. <laughs> no, no. I like it, but I'm a bit I like behind. the Allison. Oh, that's my favorite one. Yeah, they actually all look quite good. I'm, I'm quite impressed, yeah. actually. I might have to get the Allison. I mean, if you didn't have names on those, I'd still be able to know, I'd still know which was which. So, unlike, um, Orange is a New Black, uh, cause I've never seen an episode. They, they've even got the uh, red around Helena's eyes. I like that because her eyes mm. always look like she's been. She always looks like she's doing it tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that bit of news was from Reddit as well, and that was from Philistine with an F. Uh, so yeah, you see what he did there? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. yeah very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I'm chomping at the bit for your oh. next bit of news. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> See what, see what My I did. My next bit of news. Huh? Huh? I, I did, I did. It was subtle. It was subtle. It was highbrow, but I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, from our good friends at Funko, we have, we're seeing Jaws reaction figures. And that even says here, you know, they'll take a bite out of your collection. So uh-huh. to coincide with the 40th, 40th anniversary of the original wow. summer blockbuster. Yeah, Jaws. So we're getting, uh, Chief Brody, Hooper and Quint. And in a another box, we are getting Jaws him him herself with a gas canister in its mouth. Spoilers! Um, spoilers. Yeah, I love that. Though. Spoilers. <laughs> you know, when we were um, when we were younger in our drinking days, when we'd go out every weekend, we had a uh, little joke running, and no matter where we went, there was always someone that looked like Quint. <laughs> so, <laughs> We'd have a few beers and say, oh, my God, the fisherman from just here. <laughs> yeah. And then I look exactly like him. The baseball cap and the mo. Yeah. yeah. So that went on for years and provided <laughs> moments of hilarity. Wow. Uh, sure. Yeah, I know. Is, is it doesn't sound the, that funny now. <laughs> is this the first time we've had a reaction figure that's not sort of on the classic card? That You know, the way um Bruce the Shark is... In that nifty I box? I think so. This is like the first playset accessory kind of item I think we're seeing. Was there a DeLorean re- release? Not, not that I know of. Okay. There is an 18th or 118th scale DeLorean out there, but it's not by them. I don't know if you can even get the figures in it. So. Okay. Huh? I suppose the thing is with something like this, you don't even need to have a really, really accurate sculpt with the shark, do you? Because you kind of going for that vintage cheesy effect, so you don't even have to try too hard. Like, yeah, but we need I, I couldn't tell you, you know, if that's what the shark looked like or not. I mean... You know what can save us now? If we had a nameplate. That's, that's exactly stand. right. Leave it in Jaws, the well, Yeah, exclamation point. I might have to get the Jaws just to eat my Aquaman figures. <laughs> hey, I just realised with that, that jaw, with the shark sort of, well, playset or whatever, it could be the first reaction figure where you can actually remove it from the packaging and put it back again. Me. All, all depends yeah. on what it looks like inside that package. Although it looks like it mm. could. Depends whether it, you know, how some of the figures when we were kids, you'd get a box on the, um, the ends of the cardboard box were actually glued yeah. shut yeah. and you had to rip them. Yeah. yeah. It would have been kind of cool oh. if they had actually cut like a little notch in the top of the box and had the fin stick, sticking out. <laughs> yeah. Water. Sticking out. Yeah. That would be awesome. All right. We might uh-huh. put this on uh, Scotty to do some, uh, some research. You can mm. test it out. Yeah. But anyway, otherwise they're fine. All right. 
So, uh, from our good friends at Funko, <laughs> <laughs> along the same vein, we're getting Gremlins 4-inch reaction figures. And, uh, you know, once again, the packaging is very good. It's from the original uh, movie poster. Um, we got Billy. We got Gizmo. What was the dog's name again? I can't remember. Getting the dog as well. The candy cane. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> um, the little, yeah, the little arcade game, Stripe. And, uh, looks like 3D glasses and a picture of a beer as well. Barney. Barney. I'm Barney. glad they did Gizmo and the dog together though. I think that's, that's a little bit nicer pack than just buying a single Gizmo figure. Mm. Mm. Cause they're really scaled down, aren't yeah. they? Like, they are yeah. tiny. No wonder they come in with accessories cause they're, they're so freaking well, small. Well, if you think about them, I mean, they weren't, Gizmo wasn't big cause he was sitting in Barbie's Corvette, so he's not a, a big little critter. Mm, mm, I mean, he right. actually, so he's these... actually oversized of anything because he should fit in Billy's backpack, and I know there's no way that figure is going to fit in there. Yeah, yeah you speak yeah. the truth. Yeah, and I guess the, um, the good thing about that is that um, the gremlins look like gremlins. You don't have to get a actor's uh, likeness right. So, you know, that's what they look like. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Often to complain about uh, these little reaction figures. Yeah, they're pretty good. Unless you just said, well, they've been doing. No, they're not the ones that have been doing the Gremlins figures, are they? Those are those. No, uh, Necker, Necker, and they're really good figures. They're they're really nice. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, Just to round it up with uh, Uh, Judge Dredd news. Sorry, (laughs) wrong movie, but (laughs) anyway. Uh, Judge Dredd McMahon statue three pack previews exclusive by Diamond Select Toys. So I, I look, I don't know too much about this. It says, uh, I'm going to read a little bit of, uh, description we do have here that Judge Dredd statue three pack is based on Mike McMahon's classic how to draw Dredd sketch. It's the first of an upcoming range of fantastic Judge uh, Dredd 2000 AD products from the, from Planet Replicas. Um, so it's going to be in a window box. We're getting three eight-inch tall, high-detailed uh, Judge Dredd statues. Uh, we're getting line art edition, black and white edition, and the full-color uh, version. So it's going to uh, cost you about $220 US, and uh, it's going to be up for pre-order now and will be um, coming out in September of this year. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's nice. There's a lot of Judge Dredd stuff out of the moment, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have to further investigate this. This looks pretty, pretty nifty. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, as the, the resident Judge Dredd fan, uh, you know, mm. where, I mean, where three at? statues, yeah. Three statues for 220, uh, you know, not too bad at all. I just wonder if these are going to be, um, you know, polystone or they're going to be vinyl or what they're going to be. There's no, no further information here. Say, does it? Uh, except the weight. So it's about 5.6 pounds. So, yeah, but at this point, that would be a guess. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. You got a favorite among the yeah. three there? I like the black and white one, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just something different. The line art one's actually done really well. I thought when I looked at it originally, mm. just, you know, for looking like line art, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, it's very um, turtle esque. Oh, yeah, isn't it? Look good next yeah. to your your black and white turtle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's That's right. it. <laughs> it's got nameplates, so three of them. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and that uh, that wraps up my news. So, well, Mister Ben, 
why don't you tell us about some more news? Hooray! And some, yes, and, and I have something stuff. you may have pre-ordered. I got very excited. Uh, I heard some time ago that Sideshow were looking to do a new Spider-Man premium format statue. And the original one is very hard to come by. It's a lot of money, and I actually don't like it that much. Um, and uh, we had a, a very, very basic um, preview some time ago, and then last week we got the, uh, well, a bit more of a preview, and this week it actually went up for pre-order, and I love it. I love it, love it. I think they've absolutely nailed it. This was um, submitted to our Reddit by Rager Red, and thank you, Rager. I hope you've all pre-ordered as well. So, um, yeah, look, this is a new Spidey premium format statue, which is uh, quarter scale. Um, normally you get mixed media, but I don't think there's much happening here. Um, Sideshow, as of this writing, still have um, them available. Um, for pre-order, hasn't gone to wait list or anything yet, and you can get the exclusive if you get in there now, and the exclusive uh, comes with a swap-out head with a, a different facial expression uh, and also a different left hand that actually has web uh, coming out of his web shooter. Um, the pose on this is just everything you want from a Spider-Man statue. It is extremely dynamic. Um, he's kind of leaping over or, or off um, a piece of broken sort of building that looks like as if it's um, being destroyed by some pumpkin bombs. There's some sort of, um, you know, orangey, fiery effects at the bottom of it. Um, probably the only thing that concerns me and, and has concerned a lot of people online is the um, the structure of the statue because um, Spidey is, is in the air in a, a really cool Spidey pose uh, and the only part of um, of him that is touching the base, which is, is quite significant, is his right hand. So one would expect all that weight is going to be on his right arm. Uh, Sideshow have indicated that they're looking at getting a steel rod that will actually go all the way through the arm uh, and then obviously with a peg at the bottom that goes into the... Uh, into the base, but um, I don't know. Um, quarter scale statues are big. Um, this is 25 inches tall, and that's that's a lot given that Spidey's actually sideways. Um, so I just love it. I just think the pose is perfect. It's just Spider Man. So uh, yeah, I had some reward points, and I, I blew those on the pre order. Mm. I know you pre ordered it. Well, which which head and which hand are you looking probably to display it with? I'd probably go with the regular head, so the the non-expression head. Um, but I do like the one where the uh, the web is starting to come out of his web shooter. So that's the regular head, but the exclusive arm. See, I don't like the so, web shooter, but no, you don't. I, I don't oh, think okay. it's recognizable as web. It looks a little. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, having said that, you know, I, I could change my mind quite easily. It's um, it's often been the case that it's not until I've actually got the statue out and looked at the heads um, that I've actually decided. You know. I think the head's going to depend on where you put it because you could put it certain places and you'd never even see that left eye, really, you know. Mm, so. mm, it's mm. a beautiful-looking piece, though. Yeah. yeah it is. It's quite stunning. It's not out till June, July 2016, and I'll believe that when I see it. Mm. Uh, the big concern with this one will be the paint job. Um, you know, yeah. I can see the, 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 the web on the red part of Spidey, which has clearly been sculpted in. It's not just sort of painted on. It's actually indented, uh, into the sculpt. And that's obviously sort of got like a black wash in there. You know, I can see that poorly applied if, um, if Gertie and the crew don't, um, don't do their best with this one. But 
book. I think this is um, this exceeded my uh, expectations. I, I just think it's uh, an absolute stunner. So it's amazing. See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. Okay, Good opportunity to move along then. So, all right. Our next bit of news is uh, DC Collectibles one, and this is an interesting one. There were some solicitations which I'll talk about uh, in a minute for the September December quarter. Uh, this one seemed to have been left out of the solicitations, and that is a um, DC Collectibles Justice League Dark uh, Swamp Thing figure. So it's sort of based on a, a newer representation of Swamp Thing. And it's, it's different. Um, I mean, you know, it's legit. I guess Swamp Thing can change his look and his shape at, uh, at will pretty much. And I guess that's what they've done here. It's an artistic rotation. Um, I mean, he's kind of got the Swamp Thing look to his face with the way, um, you know, that, that thing goes around his nose and whatever. I, I don't know. I, I'm not a particular fan. I mean, uh, if you were a long time fan of Swamp Thing and you were waiting for DC collectibles to do a decent figure, I mean, I know they did one way back in the day, in the very, very early days where, um, they did a Swamp Thing action figure that was a shrunken down version of their Swamp Thing statue, um, where he had the, the roses coming out of his hands, etc. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, for 35 bucks, eh, yeah, I'm quite happy with my DC Universe Classics one. Yeah, I love that one. That's so, the uh, one we got, the DC one, the Universe yeah, Classics. Yeah. I don't think well, it, I don't think it gets enough praise that figure. It's just a beautifully no. sculpted, and um, the people worry about the the plastic on it, the the vinyl. What do you call it? The um, the rubbery, the rubber. Yeah, but mine's still pristine. It's one of my favourite yeah. figures ever made. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah it's going alright. So mm. I think you know there's some. Nice to be able to pick that up, you know, in hand at San Diego. So I'll always have a, a special place on my oh. shelf. That one. So I remember when you you got it for me. I came home. There's this massive box, <laughs> and I'm going, oh, what, "What's this? What's this?" I don't think you're even back yet. <laughs> no, no, oh, it actually. This is incredible. <laughs> I actually had stuff waiting for me when I got home, which was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so just a, a, a short story to that is I I looked up a, a post office because I. Picked up a bunch of stuff in San Diego for other people and I had to, you know, I couldn't carry it all so I had to post it back. And um, my buddy and I trudged off to a, a post office that I found by just sort of Googling. And, um, man, it was a shoddy part of town. <laughs> Nobody told me that the further you go east in um, San Diego, the worse it gets. So we were in a really shonky part of town. <laughs> my friend's just like giving me crap the whole way. Going, man, if I get like shanked in the back because of your friends. <laughs> uh, but we got out of there alive. Uh, That's good. <laughs> anyway, this is a November release. Cost you 35 bucks. Uh, enjoy it if you uh, don't have any other Swamp Thing figures. And that was uh, us by Toil10 on Reddit. So thank you, Toil10. Um, we also got our DC collectible solicitations for September to December 20, um, 2016. That can't be right, can no, it? Must be 2015. Yeah. Uh, look, a lot of this stuff we already knew was coming. There's, um, a whole bunch of stuff from the six inch Batman animated series, including, uh, Roxy Rocket, etc. Um, one 
sort of solicitation that I thought was a bit odd was some some new Alex Ross Justice League figures. Uh, and it's mm. a six-pack of um, Alex Ross design figures. Um, for some reason, Alex and his ego, um, just well, he decided to do figures as big as his ego, and instead of actually being normal size, these are actually slightly over the six-inch scales. So characters like Batman and Superman stand seven and a quarter inches tall. So congratulations, they won't fit in with anything else on your shelf. Um, the six pack features the big six. Um, how is this different in, than the Justice in, League pack they have out right now? Well, I think I'm, I'm not quite sure what's actually prompted these. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff in the past. Um, you know, uh, Alex Ross was doing those big oversized DC books, you know, like, um, Batman War on Crime and, and, um, things like that. And so there was sort of, uh, quite a bit happening in the world of Alex Ross slash Justice League. And so the, you know, the justice figures came out, um, around that time. But I mean, that's 10 years ago. So I'm not quite sure why the Alex Ross love suddenly got, um, got, you know, a bit of pimping, but anyway, I mean, they look fine. You know, if you're a fan of Alex Ross, they're nice enough looking figures. Uh, as I said, they won't fit in with anything else on your shelf, but uh, you could pick that up for 95 bucks. And they'll be out in September. Well, the one that's so. out right now, the Justice League pack, looks really spectacular um, on the shelf because mm. Barnes & Noble here had it. And, uh, I mean, I was actually drawn to go over and look at it and check it out. Mm. Well, I don't think any of these are particularly bad figures. I mean, I quite like Alice's work. I just, I'm just i kind of just questioning why as to what sort of prompted these. Anyway, moving on, um, a few other bits and pieces, uh, including some Batman Arkham Knight figures. You're going to get uh, Nightwing, Robin, Catwoman, and Commissioner Gordon. Um, you know, based on the video game, what can you say? They uh, look pretty accurate. I think some Nightwing fans will be happy as uh, his video game costume is not that much different to his comic costume. Neither is Catwoman, I guess. Uh, Robin, on the other hand, looks like a bit of a, a, a bit of an extra from uh, a Zulu make. He's, um, he's, he's giant, um, giant shields. Uh, quite sure what's going on there. Um, Commissioner Gordon's yeah, actually not a bad figure. Him. If you can't find the, yeah, yeah. find the, the hush figure, he'd probably fit in quite well. Mm, so, um, yeah, it's not bad. I've got the hush one in my mm. um, DC Universe Classics display. Um, there's a Batgirl figure. This is based on the new Babs Tar interpretation where she's uh, got the, the big yellow Doc Martens. Um, nice looking statue. If you're uh, after one, I don't think this actually fits in with um, any particular line, does it? It's not part of the um, sort of like the Batman black and white or yeah. anything like that. Mm. Uh, it's not too bad. Um, but uh, I think you know, there's a few other bits and pieces like the new um, DC Cover Girls Catwoman statue. Um, that's the art germ one, so just a bit of an update there. Um, but the thing I actually quite, thought was quite cool is um, we seem to be getting a, a few more things in the plush world, and they've actually got two new plushes. One is Dexter, who is the um, the Red Lantern cat, and um, Streaky, Streaky the super cat. And I actually think they're both very cool. I quite like them. But that's just me, obviously, based on yeah. the silence at the other end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never gets any respect. <laughs> no, that's right. I, I just think they look sensational. Dexter in particular looks very cool with his um his ring on his tail, etc. So, but anyway, look, I don't think can't say there's a huge lot there. I mean, there's there's nothing the solicitations that I will actually be running out to get. Um, I might sort of uh, have a look at some of those things as they turn up, but nothing's making me leap for joy. That's for sure. 
So, anyway, speaking of leaping for joy, my last bit of news is uh, one that's pretty exciting, and that is the um, promo shots we're getting for the NECA Predators uh, Series 14 they're up to. This is NECA's longest-running um, uh, longest running series, 14 waves of figures. Um, and the good thing about the Series 14 figures is we are finally getting figures based on um, Aliens vs. Predator. And um, I know that's not everybody's favourite movie, but um, this means we're finally getting uh, Celtic, Scar and Chopper, who mm. are the three Predators from that. Uh, I suspect the reason these guys have been delayed is... Um, there's some significant new tooling required to get these guys out. So, cause they've got um, quite a few unique pieces that can't just be sort of pilm. Um, some of the other ones, particularly the, um, the greaves on their, on their shins and stuff like that. But you get all three of the boys. These are really yeah. impressive figures. The armor's in- incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love, um, mm. you know, uh, Celtic's mask. Like he's got a really cool kind of mask and it looks like, um, trying to work out who's actually, um, somebody's unmasked. I think that might be Scar. So, cause Chopper's got his big blades and so I don't know if there's any sort of swap out pieces, but it's nice to actually, you know, look, I, I appreciate that Necker are trying to diversify the wave and the last few waves have been made up of some of the, you know, the wacky homages to the kennel lines and, you know, just some, you know, sort of silly kind of predators that are fun to add to your collection, but to actually get these legitimate, you know, screen Accurate figures, very cool. So I will definitely 100% be getting these dudes. Cool. Yeah, no. Glad to see the one has the little glaive thing in the middle. Yeah, yeah. This was sort of the first time we got some really cool new, you know, weapons for the guys. It was the first time we saw the knife and that sort of thing. So nice to see them. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's my news. Well, I will move on and continue rolling here with the Marvel Select Savage Hulk. And this is... Obviously a Marvel select, so he's gonna be a little oversized, and um he's like first early appearance Hulk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He's... Did we not get something to this uh just recently? Something very was there familiar? a statue of this one recently? I thought there was a Marvel Select figure yeah. around I think what we probably saw was some some promotional stuff and mm. we are now finally getting the solicitant for it. Yeah, right. I but I don't know. It's not my Hulk. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. Uh, I love the Kirby Hulk, but I'm just not feeling this one. I think without the shirt, he'd be fine. He, that ripped up shirt. Just yeah. To his body. He looks like he's wearing lingerie. Uh, I bet it's specific to a a comic or a panel and somewhere. It probably looks correct, but I don't know. Mm. Well, he's got he's got purple pants. Still. So. Yeah. And it's only twenty three bucks. That's that's not bad for a whole lot of plastic. No, and I I don't know. I just the face. That's not like a Hulk face. That's it's too neutral, kind of to me. But mm. what do I know? What do I? Know? <laughs> well, it's a nice sculpt. I'm just not feeling it though. Well, maybe I'll move on then to something you'll like a little better. Um, our good friends at Diamond Select also have a pre order for Aliens Mini Mates. Series two, and they got some cool ones here. Um, we got Vasquez, uh, Ripley, Newt, is it Hudson? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Burning Alien, a regular alien, uh, Tremor, Private Frost, and who was the other one? Private Crow. Now, 
I don't remember who Private Crow is. Hmm. No, you mention it. Jeez, they are digging deep for this yeah. one. And he may have been one of the first ones to go. I don't know. You know, there was a few of them in that first battle that kind of lose it quickly. But uh, good looking series. Yeah. I, the only one I'm not feeling is Newt. Newt just seems, just looks like, you know, you've got a uh, blonde cheek there. It doesn't sort of. It doesn't look like a kid. And I don't know if that's just because of the way it's photographed no. or, you know, if she'll actually be a smaller figure. But I, it, she does have an accessory that's pretty cool. In her hand, she has a little, yeah. a little doll head <laughs> that they've, they've sculpted a piece yeah. on the top for the whole. Pretty thing. funny. Yeah. <laughs> now this is one of those lines, except for yeah. the armor, the Marines all look kind of, kind of the same, you know, except for the, like, looks like a couple of them have specific markings on their armor. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, Vasquez looks good. Cool. Uh, I like Vasquez, so that'll work. Yeah, and they're going deep. At least you're getting most of the Marines, which is nice. Yeah. But they also announced, uh, for Mini Mates, the first series of Gotham, uh, from the TV show. And they picked some odd characters here. Uh, you're getting Commissioner Gordon, of mm. course, or not Commissioner, but, uh, Detective Gordon. And, uh, then you're getting Chief Essen. Uh, Yay. Uh, which I don't know who was asking for her, but, uh, Edward Nigma in his science outfit and then black mask. And he was only in one episode. So I'm kind of surprised they would even, why would you do a first series and not do, um, penguin bullock? Well, yeah, mm. or even bullock. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know why either of those would, would, wouldn't take over in place of that black mask. I think it says to me that they've paid money for the license. They're going to yeah. exploit mm. it and, uh, try and, you know, drag it out for as long as possible. I just can't get into that show. I've tried. Same here. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I don't want to see a self-harming Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a whingy little snot. I, I like it. I, I, I thought it got stronger as the season went on. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe one day However, I'll revisit it. this pack contains the one character that I didn't think they did real well, and that's Black Mask. Because his mm. episode, he was basically the leader of this fight club thing. And I was like, yeah, that's not how. That's right. Yes, yes, I did see I'm that not episode. I'm a fan of that particular portrayal. Because I think he could have been a real strong mm. uh, villain, you know. Yeah, he should have been a gangster. Like He should have been one of the guys vying to take control of, you know, Gotham's yeah, underworld. I really wish they had done him as one of the movie villains at some point. Because mm. I think he would have been good at that. What's interesting is the Enigma looks like he maybe has his lab coat sculpted down to his knees. Like the, the top parts of his legs look like they have some detail, but it's not painted that way. So I wonder if we'll see a little change there that, um, his lab coat mm. paint will actually go all the way to his knees. Cause he does wear that longish lab coat. Yeah. Not one cut off at his waist like they show in here. So. Yeah. 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 yeah not for yeah, me. Yeah. Probably not for me either. Cause they're fairly plain, but no Bruce or, uh, cat either. Hmm. Oh, well. Get that in series yeah, seven. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of, uh, things that probably aren't for me, uh, Kodo has, uh, shown a picture of their next Bishoju, uh, Black Canary. And this probably isn't for me. Yeah. Nice looking piece, but just not, not for me. I don't mind it. I've seen worse. <laughs> this is one that I think you'd need a nameplate for. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. I quite mind. I'd like to see how they do the the fishnets. It'll be good to see if, if they, they actually manage to do an okay job on those. If they paint them, or if they're actual fishnets, or 
Mm. I mean, I think they're actual fishnets, but often, you know, where the seam joins at the back, they kind of melt it together and it looks yeah. dreadful. So I actually, I, I was quite surprised they hadn't done her before. I'm obviously not paying a close enough, um, attention to this line because when they, they said, you know, finally, and I thought, finally, I just assumed that she'd been done at some point because they crank out so many, but, um, oh, no, yeah. I don't mind it. It's okay. It's just not for me. But what are you, Justin? Mm. Uh, no, not for me. <laughs> okay. Ben's outvoted. <laughs> I will say for a shows you, this is one that Scotty could probably display without having any worries. It's, it's, it's fairly tame yeah, as the shows you go. And considering that she's, how she's mm. dressed, I mean, they could have went much different with that. So I, I suppose we should be grateful for that. Um, <laughs> we had got a tease a while back for the Super Friends coming from Figures Toy Company and we're finally getting, uh, it looks like, some actual pictures of the figures themselves. We are seeing uh, Superman, and everybody will be glad to know he has the shield on the back of his cape, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you guys are going to have to help me out a little bit here. It's um, Apache Chief. That's what I couldn't think of. Uh, and then mm-hmm. one of the Wonder Twins. Yeah. And I think it's... The boy? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I was just thinking that same thing. The I boy. Think it's the boy, but I'm not sure. What's his name? J- uh, Zayna. What's the name again? Zayna and whatever it was. Jaina. <laughs> Jaina. <laughs> and then, uh, last uh, but not least, I'll let Ben finish this one off. It's, there we go. Samurai. I, I knew them all at one time and they didn't put names on this article, so they kind of screwed me over. Mm. I know. You guys were let down. What, uh, what an name? Quite an impractical outfit, really. Well, well even Apache <laughs> yeah. Chief, I mean, he's got, looks like, you know, a doormat for in front and back of his, instead of a loincloth. I, I love, there's an episode of Harvey, you remember those Harvey Birdman attorney at law? <laughs> and he has to help, uh, he takes Apache Chief on as a client. And um, he's standing underneath his skirt as he goes big. And uh, <laughs> he looks up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God, I love that show. <laughs> yeah, these will these will bring back some memories for people, I'm sure. And I'm sure we will we will see a yeah. two pack of the twins at some point too. So, and I think they've they've mm-hmm. teased, maybe a, yeah, a I think they've teased well. already as being one. So that'll yeah. that'll be good. Um, yeah, that's fun. I, I I just like seeing people. You know, I mean, I, I still I still can't do the retro thing. Um, but it's fun to see people, you know, still giving it a go because there are still fans out well, there. Well, I think it's like Scott stuff. says. For these, they really fit because, you know, at the time Super Friends was out, that's that's one of the superhero figures you had available at the time. So I think that kind of makes, mm. you know, mm. perfect sense. And they're cheesy, aren't they? They're cheesy looking and they're, they're perfect for what they, yeah. for what they are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of cheesy looking, they also announced their next <laughs> four um, Batman 66 figures. This week. Cheesy, what are you talking about? That show was high art. <laughs> okay, well, in this case, we're getting the high yes. art Alfred. Um, and this is him in his full butler uniform. Uh, I think we'd seen him previously in his uh, apron. Uh, bookworm, you know, that classic villain. Oh, Bookworm's and cool. He, he has the little light <laughs> out of his hat, so. Mm, uh, mm. King Tut. <laughs> and last but not least, Mr. Freeze. I love King Tut. I just watched uh, some of those episodes recently. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a cool figure. He's yeah. Cool figure. And they, they spent a lot of detail, a lot of money and detail on this guy. Cause, uh, a lot of printed fabric, you know, for him compared to some of the other figures. So, uh, 
I'm kind of impressed with what they've done here just for that reason. The, the bad guys especially, they all look like they've had little extra details that we probably wouldn't have gotten back in the day, but um, I think they've kept yeah, the look yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You're getting that sort of modern update, but with the classic feel, so, yeah. Yeah, the Mr. Yeah. Freeze, I I don't remember him in any of the episodes. I don't know why. I just, I don't remember Mr. Freeze. But oh, okay. Maybe that's just me. Probably is. Probably is. Probably <laughs> yeah, is. probably. But, probably. Yeah, no, he's still a good-looking figure, but... Um, my last little bit of news here is a pre-order for a one six scale great escape, Steve McQueen. So, uh, if you're familiar with that, uh, movie, it's actually one of my favorite movies. That's why I, I kind of put this in here. Uh, this is Steve McQueen. He was captain Virgil Hiltz. If you've never seen great escape, it's a world war two movie. A bunch of, uh, allies are trying to escape from, uh, a POW camp in Germany. So it's, it's Hogan's yeah, yeah. heroes without all the comedy, uh, essentially. <laughs> um, but the, this figure, what he comes with, I mean, he's, we're seeing him looks like about $212 US on pre-order, but you get just a ton of stuff. You get two complete uniforms cause he comes with his regular, uh, prison uniform, leather jacket. He's got his, uh, baseball mitt and baseball. Uh, and then he comes with a full Nazi, uh, uniform as well, except for the boots. Yep. And I'm assuming that that's probably movie accurate. He probably didn't change his boots for that. They probably didn't fit or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if you remember right in the movie, he, he actually wears that uniform and escapes after he escapes and rides a German motorcycle and stuff. But, uh, this is from star ace. Um, he's even got his name on his jacket. Um, I think the jacket looks really well done. I think the portrait yeah. is fantastic. There'd be no disputing that that's yeah. Steve McQueen. I, I am just really impressed. I mean, he's got the blue T-shirt on underneath. There's a picture of him uh, kind of leaning against a motorcycle in one scene, and he's got the blue T-shirt and just khakis on. And I, I think mm. that looks like it's right out of the film. Mm. Um, just overall, I'm really impressed with this. Not impressed enough to pre-order it just because I don't collect one sixth. But uh, if I did, this would be this would be up there. Now he's leaning on a motorbike. So is that sort of photoshopped in or does that imply that, you know, somewhere out there is a motorbike in the same scale? Well, I don't know because you could probably get a motorbike in that scale. Whether they're going to come out with one or not is another story. Um, yeah. I know that, you know, there's been several 12 inch GI Joes that you could probably get that bike from if you really wanted one, but oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Dragon or someone yeah, like that has done it. I'm sure. But yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty impressive overall. I, I just, this really caught my eye and I said, oh, that's, that's pretty neat. Especially, you know, it's not a film that you hear people talking about as much these days, but, uh, definitely one of my favorite films and I, I, I like this one. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cruel. Well, gentlemen, I think, unfortunately, that's the end of the news. So, you know what that oh. means. It's, it's time to come back and torture you with another round to name that. All right. Let's do it. You mean? Excuse me. My name is. Can I have the attention of the class? 
Well, now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd from TVandFilmToys.com, presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. And John's with us here tonight because he's hosting the show, so over to him. Well, I wasn't sure if this was going to be an easy one or a hard one, so I'm going to go ahead and play it right here and see what you guys think. You're in control. Command him to advance or turn in reverse. Prepare for battle. Move him out. Defeat the enemy and make a universe in the backyard. Make him again. That was exciting. That was terribly exciting. <laughs> um, do you guys have any guesses on this one? Micronauts. Mash. Mash. Yes, it's the giant motorized Hawkeye figure. Finally. <laughs> Smashing through the North Korean army. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a no. Um, actually, I think Hellbot knew what this one was because he was kind of, uh, he kind of alluded that he knew what it was but didn't guess. And then our friend Derek, Derek WC, um, came in with a guess that this was Voltron. Cause he said he, I think he said he recognized the music and then he actually, uh, offered up several Voltrons for an analysis and it, it's the giant commander Voltron, um, which is, looks pretty cool. You know, he's got motors and you can run him back and forth with a little remote control. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, good job, Derek. And, uh, thanks for playing along and, uh, humoring me and actually tracking down the right one because, uh, <laughs> not everybody would have, would have done that. And, uh, he knows his stuff. Yeah. And, and different stuff. Cause I, hmm. I had no hmm. idea on Voltron, so. Yeah, cool. Did you guys recognize the music at all? I, I, I wouldn't know Voltron music to save my life, so. Oh, look, I'm sure it's something that sort of, you go, yeah, it does sound, you know, there's some familiarity there, but I, I certainly didn't put it, you know, to Voltron. No. Yeah. Not that I haven't ever watched Voltron, just not recently, so. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, we should play a new sound, and we'll, we'll put that in right here. You push the chain and transform a cement truck into a vicious beast with jagged jaws. Cool! And we'll put it in one more time. You push the chain and transform a cement truck into a vicious beast with jagged jaws. Cool! And Justin. Yes. If if I was like Derek, Derek WC, and thought that I knew what that was, what would I do? You would go over to afbforum.com and find the appropriate uh, part of that forum and <laughs> have a guess. <laughs> and, and Ben, if I got that guess right, what, what would happen? You would get some awesome AFB forum points. And, and what are we giving away for those this week? We haven't got anything. Nothing. Nothing. The boxes didn't arrive. Uh, uh, no Hulkbusters. No. No Slave layers. <laughs> Greedo. Greedo. Oh, well, I, I guess that's that's a step up. That's right. <laughs> that's a step up. So. Uh, and, you know, if that's all too hard, you can go over to tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays where we play the picture version. You still go to AFB Forum, make the guess, you still get points. So when we do get more stuff in, you can exchange those points for uh, stuff, I think. <laughs> You'll have to talk to the boss about that. All right, guys. Well, if that's it for this, I think we should probably move on to Toy of the Week.
this world. Into yours comes Voltron, Defender of the Universe. It's the biggest Voltron yet. The motorized giant commander. Batteries not included. You're in control. Command him to advance or turn in reverse. Prepare for battle. Move him out. Defeat the enemy and make the universe into your backyard. Take him again. The motorized Voltron giant commander new from LJN. Every week we try and look at at least one toy in detail, and we call it Toy of the Week. And sometimes there's more than one, so it's Toys of the Week. But this week it's a Toy of the Week, and Ben has the Toy of the Week, and it's a really cool one. So, Ben, please explain. Please explain. It would be my pleasure. Um, I've gone a bit silly with the Sideshow Premium Format statues recently. Uh no, if you've uh, listened to the last couple of shows, you'll know that uh, I've been having a bit of a sell-off of excess figures and things that uh, I didn't think held any value, but apparently other people do, and I've been making money off of that and reinvesting it in other things. Uh, and this is um, one such thing. And uh, this is the Punisher statue from Sideshow Collectibles. Now, this was actually released in early 2014, so I'm a bit of a latecomer to this one. Um, this is actually the second Punisher in the premium format uh, statue, which is quarter scale. There was actually a sort of a bit of a Tim Bradstreet inspired very, very early on in um, the sideshow days of, of these statues. Um, this is, as I said, a quarter scale, so he, he clocks in at about 23 inches tall and about 58 centimetres. Um, back in the day, he was 360 US dollars, which uh, might sound like a lot, but uh, compared to the newer Sideshow premium format statues, that's actually not a lot at all. Um, he is sold out from Sideshow, so if you are thinking about um, tracking this down, based on my uh, spiffing review, then you'll actually have to go through sort of third-party vendors. So um, when this first came out, I, um, I didn't immediately find myself attracted to it, um, and I'll talk about that in a bit more detail um, later on. Um, it just... It was a bit of a, a mix of different things, uh, and I just uh, I did an initial pass on it, uh, and then I regretted it, and uh, I have actually been staring at it and, and reading a few topics on a few forums about this particular uh, piece, and I've just really was, um, grown to really like it, uh, just the, the simplicity of it. So in terms of packaging, uh, this is typical uh, Sideshow. It comes with a split styrofoam. Uh, and in a uh, an art box. Now, the art box is actually pretty cool. Uh, I've seen a few boring ones lately. Uh, this one has the classic sort of Punisher skull, but it's done uh, in a really sort of rough artistic style, so the skull looks like it's um, sprayed on concrete or something like that, and there's some blood spatter, and, um, yeah, it looks quite nice. It's just uh, something a little bit different. Now, the, the base for the Punisher comes in a, a separate little compartment, but once you pull that... So, the two-piece styrofoam, the, the, the actual Punisher is uh, within. Um, this is actually collector-friendly. It's all fairly straightforward. Um, all the pieces sit nicely in their little compartments and there's no real issue in terms of um, getting them out or getting them back into their respective little pockets and things. Um, in terms of the sculpt, this was actually sculpted by Nathan Mansfield. And uh, I guess you'd call the design, you know, they, they refer to this as the classic Punisher. Now, 
I think this is why I was a little bit sort of confused early on when it was originally solicited because um, what they've done is they've gone and chosen sort of various classic elements and modern elements and really sort of put together a bit of a, a homage to assorted bits and pieces because um, this isn't sort of classic Punisher in terms of the way uh, his first appearance. Um, uh, this is the Punisher with his bodysuit, so he does actually have that that black bodysuit uh, and he has the white gloves and the white boots and, and obviously the skull on the chest, um, but he also has assorted um, pouches and things like that. So they've taken some bits and pieces and various licence and, and put it together. Now um, the premium format statues from Sideshow are often mixed media and you definitely get mixed media with this one because you've got the polystone statue, um, the the head, the hands or the gloves and the boots uh, are all done in polystone, um, but the body itself is wearing the, the black uh, bodysuit, so that's actually a um, sort of a spandex material, uh, and it actually adheres to the body quite well. So there's been some issues recently with some of their other statues, like the Batman premium format statue, where the costume doesn't quite fit properly, but this one actually sits really nicely. In fact, it's so well done that there's certain musculature that the musculature that actually does come through. So um, it's really, really well applied. And the sculpt is fairly basic. So the Punisher is actually just sort of standing there um, at, at ease, I guess. And he, he has his weapon raised up, um, and so he's you know a bit relaxed. So a bit of a uh, bit of a museum pose, which I, I actually quite like. Now um, he's got an assortment of leather pouches and, and things like that, and he's got four ammo pouches that sort of make up the the teeth of the, the skull that's actually printed on the, the bodysuit. Um, and they're done in that sort of, um, well, I don't know whether it's a leather or sort of faux leather or, or what's going on, but um, they're actually separate pieces. He's also wearing a, um, I guess, a weight-bearing um, harness. If you've been watching The, the Walking Dead, then um, Tyrese was wearing something similar uh, and that's um, as I think what threw me off originally with this sculpt because that's not something that the Punisher generally wears so um, yeah that's actually not not bad now the face um, again I think this is where we've we've got a bit of us going on the the face and the head of the Punisher um, in you know his original appearances back in sort of you know back in Amazing Spider-Man 129 he had quite the widow's peak and his hair wasn't um, slick but this actually the slick backed hair Punisher which reminds me a lot of uh, the Tim Bradstreet uh, interpretation of the character which uh, I quite like um, and so that's, you know, from the neck up, that's the feel that I actually get. Uh, now into the sculpt, uh, Nathan Mansfield has really nailed it here. Um, a lot of the photos I see online really don't seem to, to capture how good the face sculpt is on, on this um, statue, which is a real shame because in person it's actually flawless. It's really, really well done. I'm, I'm very impressed with the amount of um, detail. Um, I mentioned before that the Punisher was holding up his weapon and um, I didn't actually mention but he's actually holding up the AA-12 shotgun, the Atchison Assault shotgun. Um, this is the shotgun that actually has been around for a long time. It's been around for about um, about 35 years but uh, has only recently been given a complete overhaul by a new company and it's um, come to most people's attention either through the Expendables um, when Hale Caesar uses it, or um, I think the other character was Royce in um, Predators, uh, also had the AA-12. Uh, and the Punisher has that, and it's a beast. Um, it's a big automatic shotgun with a drum-fed magazine. Uh, it's an interesting choice. It's not something that, the, you know, the Punisher uses 
in the comics. Uh, if he has, I, you know, I wasn't aware of it. Um, so that was a, an interesting choice to go for that over something like just an assault rifle. But uh, it, it does look very impressive. It's it's nicely sculpted. All the detail is there, um, and they haven't really sort of missed out. So, look, in terms of the um, the, the actual look and, and the sculpt, I think they've done a great job. There's some great detail on the um, on the boots. Um, he's actually got lace-up sort of instead of those sort of classic sort of uh, knee-high boots. They've gone for a, a lace-up sort of military boot feel, and I think they've done a really, really good job. Um, the base is a bit disappointing to me. The base is just a, a disc base similar to um, some of the X-Men statues like Colossus and Rogue, and um, they've gone for a, a black and white and a giant skull painted on it. And... Um, <sighs> Yeah, I it, it's it wouldn't have been my choice. I, I think a a realistic base, something that actually shows you know maybe in an urban environment, um, you know some pavement and some some bullet ridden you know brick wall kind of thing with some spent casings on the ground, um, would have been much more impressive for this statue than this. It, it's it's slick and it's well done, but I don't need a giant skull on the base to to remind me that it's the Punisher. So that's just a personal preference. I, I want for something a bit more realistic. Um, but in terms of, you know, overall sculpting, really I don't have any problems with, with any of it. Now, in terms of paint, um, not a lot going on here because most of his body is covered with the uh, the bodysuit. Um, the the faux pouches are all done in a uh, in a, a, a bleached colour, so nothing's going on there. So really, most of the paint is on the head, um, and they've done a, a, a fantastic job with the head, the skin tones, the uh, the stubble on uh, on you know the, on his chin and all that sort of thing. He's really, really well done. Uh, the eyes on mine are fantastic. Uh, whenever you get sort of human characters like that, this with eyes, you know, you're worried that the transfers that they use to do the eyes um, are applied sort of off-centre and, and you end up with, you know, the Marty Feldman googly look. Um, mine is actually fantastic. And as I said, I really think that um, the photos that you see online haven't actually done this justice. Once you actually hold the head in your hand, you're actually uh, pretty blown away by how well they've painted this. So I was really, really impressed. Um, most of the other paint is on things like the boots and the gloves. They've actually done a, uh, a white paint with a, a bit of a dirty wash over the top just to sort of give it some definition. And uh, they've done a pretty good job with that. Um, where I think the letdown in terms of paint is the actual AA-12. Um, it's pretty much uh, black from start to finish. It's black. And if you actually do a bit of a Google search on the AA-12, um, black is not sort of a standard colour. Um, there is actually a black version that has silver highlights on, on various bits and pieces, uh, and that actually hasn't come through on this. So I think either going for, you know, maybe an urban camo scheme or just bringing some silver highlights or something would have... Um, would have actually made this pop a little better. Um, I, I didn't actually mention earlier on that uh, the Punisher comes in several pieces, so you actually get the body is uh, a, a single piece and then the right arm and the left arm uh, are held on with magnets and then the head is a separate piece as well. Now, the reason the left arm is actually a separate piece is because there was actually a, a Sideshow exclusive version and there was a swap-out left, uh, left arm 
that actually has him holding a trench knife. Now, I thought that was one of the most boring exclusives that they've done in quite some time. I think that's incredibly disappointing. I think with someone like the Punisher, you really had the opportunity to do, you know, a fantastic swap out right arm holding something like an assault rifle. So you had a choice between an assault rifle and the AA-12. Um, so I didn't feel the need to get the exclusive at all. Um, no uh, articulation to speak of or playability. Um, in terms of accessories, well, uh, I was actually quite pleased to see that the, the pistol, which is a... Um, uh, a Colt 1911, uh, which is in his um, holster on his right hip, uh, is actually removable. I just assumed that it would be a sculpted in piece or something like that, or maybe um, uh, glued into the, the pouch, which is the you know the faux leather. Um, but it's fully removable. You can't actually do much with it. He doesn't have a hand that he can hold it with, but um, it is actually removable, and you can just sort of sit it on the base if you wanted to. Um, and that's why perhaps you know maybe a swap out right hand that could hold the pistol would have been nice. So um, that makes a pretty nifty, you know, accessory. Uh, one of the things that I was incredibly disappointed with with this statue is as I was opening it, uh, Sideshow, when they seal the, the two-piece styrofoam trays together, they run some tape around it to seal it shut. And as they run the tape around it, they do actually have a Sideshow quality assurance sticker um, back in the day, that probably uh, made you feel comfortable uh, and give you some sort of confidence, but um, to me, it doesn't say anything at all. And I found that out the hard way when um, I actually had to run, you know, my little scalpel that I use through that um, quality assurance sticker in order to open the packaging. Uh, and then I took out the base, put it safely on my coffee table. I took out the Punisher, and I couldn't actually get him into the base. And this has happened, yeah, this has happened to me before. This happened with my Catwoman premium format statue. Um, and it's just simply, it's a square peg in his right foot that actually goes into the base and it just wouldn't go in. And I thought, okay, maybe it's me. And I took it out and I, I gently tried to put it in again without pressing too hard. Uh, I took it out. I tried two or three more times. Uh, when I have a situation like this, I go to the WD-40. And I gently put some WD-40 on the metal uh, peg to see if I can actually get that to, um, to to go in. It still didn't go in, and uh, I eventually had to resort to using a hobby file to try and file out the hole in the base um, and eventually use some wet and dry paper on the, the foot peg as well. And it actually took some significant effort before I could finally hmm. um, get him to go into the base and stand up. So that was incredibly frustrating and disappointing, and... Once again, proving that the, the sideshow quality assurance sticker is uh, basically isn't worth shit. Um, so that was disappointing. Um, and unfortunately, I'm going to include that in my dolly rating. I just think when you're paying the kind of money that you pay for these things, um, you really that's just that's just unacceptable. Um, the person who's doing quality assurance, I, I don't know what you're actually looking at. I mean, if you're not picking up the statue and seeing if it fits in the base, uh, then what are you doing? So. So I think I'm probably going to take a, a full point off um, for that one. Um, I'm a little scared about the, the skull transfer on his chest. It, it's, it's some sort of on transfer. Um, and we've actually seen with some of the other Sideshow statues um, that, that cracking does um, seem to appear in these over time. So I'm a little concerned about that. But, uh, look, overall, I'm, I'm actually really quite impressed at how well this guy came out, particularly the head and the, the detail in that. 
So I, I think I'm probably going to go for eight and a half dollars out of ten. Well, I, you know, there's something that's bugging me about it, and um, it's that his fingers on the trigger. I would have almost liked to have seen him have a little more trigger control and and have his finger up off the trigger, holding it in that fashion. But that's probably just me. One of the things I think I would have liked to have seen on this is maybe a little more uh, trigger control because he's for you know the trained professional that he is. He's holding that gun up and he's got his finger on the trigger. Um, he does. You know, I would have rather seen his finger off the trigger. I, and I know, you know, yep. probably the comics fans are like what, but the the gun people are probably like, yeah, that would probably make more sense. So, um, you know, that that's that's a pretty slight one, but. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I, I probably would have picked a different weapon as well. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it just, you know, if all the weapons in the world that he's probably used, that's probably not one of them I would have picked. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So. Yeah. But good looking figure. I, I like it. It's just. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it has grown on me. I'm actually going to try a bit of a custom with this. I'm going to. Make a cast of the uh, of the left hand, uh, mm. sorry, the left arm from the uh, with a glove, basically, and I'm going to uh, see if I can get another weapon in that hand. Yeah, that would make sense. That would definitely yeah. make some sense. So, well, thank you for that fantastic review, Ben. And after that, we're going to move on to see what things maybe have wandered into our collections this week. The new He-Man power sword. Well, we're all here because we collect stuff, I think. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we just like to look at pretty pictures. But this is the part of the show where we talk about stuff we've actually got. It's called Feeding the Addiction. And, um, Ben, what have you, what have you picked up recently? Well, well, in addition to my Punisher statue, I got a bunch of uh, Funko Pop vinyls. And, uh, up, uh, a whole bunch of X-Men love. And I got, um, Cyclops and Colossus, who are some, some new, relatively new releases. And, uh, both very cool. And I got the red Deadpool from, uh, much earlier. And also got the blue and yellow Wolverine. Hmm. So, and they're, they're quite addictive, I have to say. Yeah. They are. It's hard, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I I always look at them, and there weren't a lot of them at the comic show, but the guy across from where I was sitting had a bunch, and you could just see him, you know, his his stash from Saturday morning when it started till Sunday when he was packing up had progressively yeah. went down. Um, mm. You know, they're just kind of one of those fun little items to buy. There's and, there's such a massive hit, like they're just, you know, I mean, you know, they're, they're so successful in terms of stylized toys. You know, nothing else has come even close, and and um, yeah, it's bizarre. I think he had the glow in the dark Ghost Rider over there, and if I'd got up and looked at it, I probably would have had to have bought that. But, <laughs> um, actually, yeah. um, one of the guys from Intergalactic was at one of the booths, and I didn't realize these people had this over here. But he got a uh, sideshow King Arthur from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh yes, yes. He got it loose for twenty bucks, mm-hmm. and if I had known that was over there. Because I have Patsy, but I don't have Kinger. So, yeah. But 
In the meantime, um, I actually picked up some Funko Love this week too because I got uh, Daenerys from Game of Thrones, the the legacy one. Um, oh yes, and I got the uh, series one because I was at Walgreens and she was on clearance for five dollars. So damn, that's all yeah, right. I, I was willing to take the risk on that. So, hmm. and then I went to a different Walgreens and they were seventeen ninety nine for the same figure. So, wow, um, your mileage may vary on that one because. Uh, obviously, they're not all the same clearance and amount. Yeah, yeah. Nice. What was weird, though, is uh, the one I went to that didn't have her on clearance had uh, Assassin's Creed figures on clearance that the other one didn't. So <laughs> I have no right. idea how that works. Mm. Um, Justin. Yes. <laughs> what, have, what have you picked up since last we've talked? I got some stuff. I got some uh, Master of the Universe classics. I got Ula. Not all la that's, uh, comes later. <laughs> Antara, Queen, Angela, and I also have just started getting the, uh, Lego Simpsons minifigures, the second wave of that, and I got Dr. Hippet as my <laughs> first figure. Oh, I went and saw they were out, and I only had $5 in change, so I. Excellent. Picked him up, and I love it. He comes with the X-ray of Homer with the crayon. Um, up his nose. Stuck yeah. up his nose, yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really, really funny sort of thing to add in. That was great. We'll have to start talking about duplicates because uh, I've got a couple of couple of duplicates I can send you. Oh, cool. I, yeah, like I said, my first one, but I'm going to get some more. It's um, it's good having them at Coles and uh, yeah. shopping centre. It's just so easy. Just chuck it in the cart and... Yep, yep. You know, five bucks. Pretty expensive, but for what it is, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Who, who is Ular? He is the barbarian version of He-Man, uh, in the mini comics. Uh, okay. One of the first mini comics that came out, yeah. It's basically, um, a new dude with, uh, <laughs> with a <laughs> loincloth, you know. I'm with you. And a spear. Yeah. I'm with you. Now, yeah. now, Mr. Ben, have the, uh, Minions, new Minions merchandise started to show up over there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, bits and pieces, uh, including Kinder Surprise. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Banned um, in America. Our, our friend, uh, Eric's is a big friend, a big fan of those. Mm, well, I picked up, um, yeah, three Kinder Surprise minions. So I'll be giving those to the tadpoles tomorrow to see what's in them. Yeah, it looks like, um, they've got some, they look like they're a different scale than the last ones, but they've got some little mini figure things. Mm, in, mm. Um, and, and some bigger figures too of minions, which which are kind of cool. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting because the Despicable Me Two stuff is still on the shelf here at Toys R Us. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is here too. But the uh, my Walmart, Walmart I stopped at, they had a whole big display of minion stuff. So yeah, yeah, which is fun. Actually, a coworker came up to me and goes, "Did you know they had a fart gun?" <laughs> yeah, actually, I did. <laughs> they have a generic one of those. At Kmart. Oh, okay. It's like Kmart's own brand, yeah. (laughs) Isn't that weird? (laughs) That's sad for so many reasons. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if nobody else has picked up any fart guns or, uh, you know, Lego minifigures, we probably should move on and give a red card to something, someone. Why not? Let's do it. In the toy universe. What is this, bizarro world? Red Carded is our chance to poke fun at the what the hell happened there moments in our hobby. Be they unusual announcements or fails of action figures or pre-orders we just think are silly. And 
Ben is handing out the punishment this week. So, Ben, punish away. <laughs> yes, I think this tied in well with the toy of the week. And um, we might have even covered this in a, a past episode. My my brain gets a bit foggy with uh, so many episodes under our belt. But um, Joe also Art on Facebook brought this to our attention on our Facebook page. So if you've got any red cards... Feel free to send them through. But um, this was the, uh, the, the the classic Marvel shapeshifters, uh, if you recall that dandy little line that um, was a, a bit of a take on the, you know, uh, Transformer thing where each of the characters transformed into some sort of thing. And uh, the Punisher shapeshifter was um, pretty notorious for, uh, yeah, well, what can we say? Um Let's just say that, the, you know, he, he did actually transform into a type of blaster and uh, that was all very cool. And, you know, I can imagine kids turning the Punisher into a blaster and then running around and blasting. But um, unfortunately, when the Punisher was only halfway through his transformation, um, you could get a, a pretty interesting pose happening. Uh, and really, it was just the Punisher standing there with... A, a rather large, erect, phallic <laughs> rocket launcher coming out of his groin is really the only way to describe it. Um, disturbing is a word that comes to mind. Uh, boy, um, oh boy. He doesn't even have yeah, comes to mind. hands with that thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the the classic pose has him with his, his fists raised, so even he's afraid to touch it. Um <laughs> This is one of those ones where you just wonder how it got past the table full of people who are supposed to give this the thumbs up. Uh, At some point, someone must have been playing with this and went, hey, if you look at it partially transformed, um, the Punisher's standing there with a giant rocket launcher sticking out of his groin. Um, And, you know, it just also happens to be very phallic looking and it's brilliant. (laughs) Imagine the designers, like, they're in the back of the room trying to see if they can get a wax yeah, into each yeah, other. that's right. Are yeah, they going to buy it? Are they going to buy it? <laughs> I, I would imagine that they probably just showed them pictures. Okay, here's the transformed, here's the untransformed. Yeah, well, that's yeah. exactly, yeah, that's right. And, I mean, it was only this figure as far as I know, so um, it just happened to be this particular design. Um, and, you know, otherwise it was probably, you know, a pretty fun toy if you're a young kid, but this is disturbing, very disturbing. So, uh, yeah, I think this is right up there with the um, the Batman figure and also there was the, the Tarzan, the jerking-off Tarzan figure that had the same, <laughs> same kind of problem. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thanks, uh, Joe Orzo Art, for uh, sending that in. And uh, Hasbro is going to get our red card of the week. Are, are you going to customize your statue to match this? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Very stylized, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be unique. Yeah, true. Mm. Yeah, well, okay. Well, uh, yeah, they can have our red card for this one. <laughs> Although I, spe- I suspect, like like Justin said, there's probably a designer in the back of the room going, look what I got away with. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, well, we'll be right back after this with our discussion topic of the week. Brothers, we've got the Crimson Guard. 
Introducing the leaders of the Crimson Guard, the evil twin brothers Tomax and Samos. And they're getting away in the Cobra Ferret. The Joe's will stop them. With the G.I. Joe mini tank. Evil twin brothers sold together. Cobra Ferret, G.I. Joe mini tank, and Joe Figure sold separately from Hasbro. Well, I mentioned earlier that I was at um, my local uh, Comic-Con. That's Appleseed Comic-Con here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And um, I kind of did something special. It was almost a AFB live event because I got to talk with Tim Barron, who's an artist of his own right, and uh, did some work on a book called Krampus. You guys may have read that one. Um, he's done some other stuff as well. And then uh, from Manor Monster Studios, who Ben might remember, um, I would imagine because it has a question mark in it. Uh, I talked <laughs> to I talked to Brandon, and we talked about comics and toys and toy collecting, and how the two kind of um, mesh together. And um, it was a pretty good discussion. Um, it kind of diverges from that topic a bit in places, uh, but it's a neat bit look back at retro toys and comics and um, kind of what came first for them and what you know kind of influenced influence because they're both comic book artists as well kind of what influenced them from toys and and that kind of thing so um it is a little lengthy but um i hope you guys enjoy because i had a lot of fun doing it so now we're all here to discuss particle physics in right uh yeah okay yes maybe not um Unless you guys really want to, we could do that. I, I wouldn't be able to last very long in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know much about particle physics. Not my, not my area of expertise. But if you want to talk toys and comics, toys and comics. Is everybody? How many people here have toys at home that they collect? Okay. How many people have comics at home that they collect? So that's kind of what we're here to talk about today. And my name's John. Um, if you listen to the Action Figure Blues podcast, I'm on there. I'm also at tvandfilmtoys.com, so I do a little podcast. And sitting next to me is Brandon from Man or Monster Studios, right? That is correct. Man or Monster question mark studios. Man or Monster, one word, question mark, space, <laughs> capital S, studios. studios. <laughs> and down on the end is Mr. Tim Barron. And you may know him from the Krampus comic book, which I've heard mentioned in a couple places recently. So um, he's a fantastic artist of his own and also collects toys and does some customizing. And um, up on the screen, you guys are seeing some some of their work, uh, a lot of custom stuff there. So we wanted to talk about um, toys and comics today and collecting them and kind of delve into the connections between the two. So I'll start off. I'm going to ask you guys, uh, if, if you guys, just so you know, um, I'm probably going to put this on the podcast. So if you ask questions, you may be on the podcast. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Um, we'll start with Tim. Yeah. What do you remember first? Do you remember collecting toys or comic books? What, what do you remember first as a kid? kind of getting into yeah for me it was pretty much everything all at once when i was really little i remember watching shows like the electric company and they had spider-man on there that was like my first intro to spider-man and then also the 1966 batman show and then like the bozo show i'd always watch that and i think they had like batman or superman on there also so but then also i my mom would always take me to the grocery store with her and while she was getting groceries a lot of times i would stand there and 
at the spinner rack and look at all the comics. And I would always be buying toys that were, you know, in these cartoons and then in these, or my parents would be buying them for me rather. Um, so it was all kind of all at one time. I was deluged with all these cool superhero things. And, um, so it was all at once for me. What about you, Brandon? What, what, what was your first experiences in toys and comics and what, what do you remember first? Um, my, my mom, uh, grew up in the sixties, um, pretty big into, uh, Marvel comics, um, specifically fantastic four and, uh, and Archie comics. And, um, through the seventies, um, developed a, uh, a pretty serious habit. Um, so much so that, um, when I was born in 78, I was, I was actually born addicted to comics. So, <laughs> uh, it was, it was pretty bad. The doctors tried to wean me off, um, but the uh, withdrawal was really terrible um, and life-threatening. So that they just decided to keep going. Um, so yeah, it was it was early, early, early for me. Um, I had comics and was drawing before. Uh, I mean, that was that was my first real way of communicating. You know, before I was really talking or you know uh, anything. It was it was comics. You know, I, I learned to communicate that way. Um, my mom always had them around. So, um, and you know, I, again, born in 78, like we were there in, in the early eighties when every cartoon suddenly became a 22 minute toy commercial and toys were everywhere. So it was, it was all simultaneous, you know, um, Amigo and, and Star Wars definitely, uh, ushered that all in, but you know, became a, a much bigger thing. Um, mm-hmm. every month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know for me, um, super friends played a big part of that. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, super friends, super friends show. I'd be watching that. And then, uh, we would actually, you know, go, I remember I lived on air force base and we would go to this one little gas station and they had a spinner rack. And the thing is, is you'd never know what was on that spinner rack. So uh-huh. one, one time you'd get Batman or uh-huh. one time you'd get Superman, but you'd never, it seemed like as a kid, I never got like four or five issues of Batman man in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yeah. always like yeah. one and you'd read the story yeah. and then, you know, uh, you'd see a Batman action figure or Amigo. And then that's really what I kind of remember is kind of like my first action figures are, uh, are Amigos. I remember having, and, and of course they were all superheroes at the time. So, you know, I had Batman, I had Robin and, uh, Superman and, you know, I had the, the whole, the whole set of, well, maybe not the whole set, but, but a good part of them. So, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of, kind of where I started to, to delve into it myself um what as you got older what was the draw did you guys get out of action figures for a while and then back into them or have they always been kind of part of your lives with comics because i imagine comics have been both parts of both of your lives for as long as you guys can remember but what what about action figures have they always been there too or did you kind of get away from them when you found out about girls or (laughs) um at every stage of my my life i have regressed back into action figure collecting (laughs) within a year of trying to stop so uh, just because it's something I love so much and I could probably 
like date every major event of my life or memory or, uh, you know, and I can relate that back to a specific action figure toy or comic, which is ridiculous, but that's the way the memory works. <laughs> but, um, for me, there was a couple times, I think like coming out of sixth grade and into seventh grade, I kind of was like, I'm getting, I'm getting too a little cool too old for this. You know, I, I had bought, I bought some Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future action figures in sixth grade. Awesome. And then I just kind of, I started getting into skateboarding and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm kind of growing up now, kind of trying to, and then I was like, cool guy, liked girls in like seventh grade. But then as soon as seventh grade was over, like I had seen these Ninja Turtle figures, like start lining the shelves and I immediately started buying Ninja Turtle stuff. And, um, let's see. And then in high school, I met a, a guy who was like a big time collector and he worked at circus world or at the, at the Glenbrook mall. And he was, he would always tell me when they got something like crazy in cause they'd always get it at discounts. And it just went nuts from there. And there's been times where I've kind of like gone through my stuff and gotten rid of a bunch of stuff and kind of focused in on, on, um, but yeah, I, if, if I have given it up, it's been for like maybe a year, two years topped. And even in those like times of absence squeaked in, you know, somebody had gotten me a Hulk action figure here or there, things like that. So what, what about you, Bryn? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. Um, I, I was really, really hard into, uh, everything pre Ninja Turtles. And then Ninja Turtles came around. I, I was, you know, 11 and it was just so perfect. Um, so I was, I was deep, deep into that. Well, um, for, uh, for a few years and, and then, you know, uh, around 92, 93, maybe, uh, as the line started to get really, really bizarre, um, <laughs> I kind of, you know, fell out like Power Rangers was coming into popularity and, and I was, I was also in high school and, and yeah, there, there were other interests that kind of took me away from, uh, away from the toy aisles, but then, uh, power of the force two came out and, uh, it was all, it was all over. Um, I, I had a good two years where, where toys weren't a main concern. Um, I was more interested in my guitar and, uh, and girls and, uh, and then it was star Wars again. So yeah, it's just been, it's been nonstop since then. Yeah. I had a little bigger gap with star Wars than, than you did. So that, that was good probably because yeah. <laughs> I had about a 10 year gap there. All right. Yeah. And now everybody has a basement full of power of the force mm-hmm. two figures. Yeah. That they can't figure out what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like shows like yeah. this and I, I put up a wall I, of them for I, five I, bucks a piece. I may have one of all of the first two or 300 of them. I specifically <laughs> I remember standing in Toys R Us and this you lady. You saw me, didn't you? <laughs> I was really wasn't it, yeah. with me. It was 97 and this lady and her husband like turned around with this sort of like crazed look in her eye and she's like, we're buying multiples of these to send our kids to college, you know? Oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, I, I never had that kind of illusion. <laughs> oh, toy prospecting. <laughs> yeah. I remember, remember really trying to track down was the, um, the Princess Leia with, or the R2-D2 with the Princess Leia hologram. I tried forever to find that was one. Was that a later one? Late 90s? Yeah, it was a late 90s, 90s one. So okay. it was kind of towards the end as, as Power of the Force was winding down. Um, you guys both mentioned Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Now, did that draw you out into the comics or did it, did it, which came first for you on that? Was it the, the cartoon, the action figures or the comics? And maybe did it draw you more into the comics or, or how did that go? I actually, was made privy to the comics probably when I was in sixth grade. And that was like right before 
they started making the action figures and in the, the TV show. So um, I had a friend who had discovered them somehow, and uh, I was intrigued by by the art especially. I mean, the idea was really unique and cool, but the art, the black and white and the uh, the tones and everything in it, really cool, really, really unique. And so um, I actually kind of discovered them right before they, they hit. hit big time, yeah. Yeah, I think I was in a Walden Books at the mall and uh, had seen some Ninja Turtle comics and, and thought, wow, this is this is really cool. It's, it's ninjas and, you know, I'm 10. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how that goes. Um, yeah, they're, they're ninjas and I'm 40. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's robots and dinosaurs and dudes made out of rock. Um, so I, I was kind of loosely aware of it. Um, a buddy of mine had the, uh, the role-playing um, guide as well and so I, I had some familiarity with with the comics the original comics but uh yeah once once the cartoon came on then... they, they even had like a how to learn karate from the ninja turtles comic do you remember that no i don't think i've seen that like one. mirage studios i don't think put it out but some other company put on put out like a like ninja turtles teach you the basics of karate book. that's awesome yeah that's anybody awesome. in the audience have that one or no no yeah I had to try. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I did, um, I sanded, uh, I sanded two pieces of furniture at my grandmother's house to get five bucks, um, to, uh, and, and then my grandma took me to venture to buy me a toy with that five bucks. And, and I grabbed Michelangelo. I was, I was super stoked. So yeah, Mikey was my first, um, that kind of happened, you know, right at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that there was a cartoon and it was like, I, I saw that there were toys coming out. I'd seen them in like the ad or whatever, you know, newspaper and got had Ninja Turtle toys. Well, I know there was a ton of different Ninja Turtles out there, especially Mikey's and Don's and Leo's. How, how do you guys go about like, what influences you the most if you're going to buy an action figure of say Donatello or Batman? What what kind of what, what makes you decide? Okay, I want this version of Donatello mm-hmm. over say you know hyperspace Donatello in a space suit versus <laughs> you know pizza Donatello. Well, Ninja Turtles or otherwise superheroes or whatever genre, I think it all goes back to nostalgia for me. What I saw as a kid and what I experienced um, with those action figures then, how I thought of them and the images that they burned into my mind. uh, um, If it takes me back to that point, just for instance, with the uh, the Masters of the Universe line, the uh, early mini-comics that Alfredo Alcala drew, just absolutely beautiful. And... um, Masters of the Universe Classics line just released a version of uh, a He-Man with the original head as sculpted or that looks like the Alfredo Alcala drawn He-Man. This is nerd minutia right here, so excuse me for a minute while I go. <laughs> no, bring it on. And they also did a uh, an Alfredo Alcala Skeletor head that they released with another figure, and I bought those just because. The way the Alcala drew He-Man and Skeletor uh, in the original mini-comics and then also the original three-issue DC uh, series, he inked those. It's just absolutely, it's just a very unique and, um, yeah, so it's always aesthetics for me and childhood memory is 
There's a lot of what it does. Or if it's very unique, like um, it's this way Tom uh, Scioli, who was here last year, the guy who draws IDW's Transformers versus G.I. Joe, that guy gets it in terms of like, I mean, we're talking more <laughs> comics here, but that that whole comic that he does is just like a total loving homage to being a kid and playing with Transformers and G.I. Joe and relive. I mean, it almost is just like, you know, a grown up playing with this toy. <laughs> it has that feel to it. It's just absolutely magical. And, um, so when, when anything hits on that sort of childhood, like, you know, that does it for me. What about you, Brandon? Yeah. The, uh, I mean, there's the nostalgia point for sure. Uh, secret wars number two, was my first superhero comic. Um, and so that, that Mike Zek artwork, um, I also, I had some, some Zek, uh, with the GI Joe comics. So I was, you know, kind of already, uh, smitten with his style. His, his GI Joe covers are just burned into my brain, but, uh, his artwork on, on secret wars and those versions that he drew of those characters are, Marvel comics for me, like mm-hmm. those are the most iconic versions of those characters. So, uh, secret wars is one is, is one of my, it is my favorite superhero toy line of all time. Uh, love secret wars. And that, uh, that brown suit Wolverine figure was, I think the second secret wars figure that I got. And, uh, so now I, I kind of have like a little collection of brown suit Wolverines. How many so, do you have, Brandon? I, I only have seven. I'm going to, I'm going to say seven. This is uh, a subcategory of yeah. collecting right here. The, obses- yeah, yeah, yeah. the obsession over one figure. Right. I, I literally, I have a friend who literally has over a hundred R5D fours. Oh, wow. His single goal is to acquire as many as he can. Uh-huh. So as to make the value of the right. figure right. up and up in value. Like the dude with the oh. Ram man figure. Like the guy with the Ram man yeah. figure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, uh, uh, so, so yeah, like that, that version of Wolverine, you know, I, I, I'm really drawn to it because of my connection with secret wars. Uh, so, you know, I'll pick up that figure. Um, I also really love Colossus. Um, and, uh, so I, I'm going to play this one. Um, just any Colossus okay. toy really like, you know, and anything uh, with that character. He's my favorite X-Man again, because of a comic book experience. Um, one of my other first comics, the, the first comic that I ever bought, like with my own money, went to the convenience store and, and bought off the spinner rack was an, uh, an issue of Marvel comics presents that had, uh, the feature story was Wolverine. It was him uh, as Patch you know, uh, in, in Japan, so the post-Weapon X stuff. But the backups were uh, the beginning of this Colossus story, which just fascinated me. Um, and the other one was Man-Thing, which was which is still probably the most terrifying like <laughs> 10 pages of comic book <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. It's, uh, it's gruesome. Have and you ever seen the Power Records, Man Thing, Read Along. No, no, I haven't. Oh, I'm really that, excited about that idea, though. It was like a clown, <clears throat> excuse me, that commits suicide in that. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's a statue of that. Is there? Year, there? Yeah, there's a statue. Somebody did a statue of that last year. Wow. It's with this notorious. carrying this clown? Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, you're that's, familiar with this. That's awesome. Power Records for Kids, this read along. Now, that's the 1970s. Like, <laughs> somebody didn't edit that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's Sorry. Cool. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Now, where you have a character focus like that, mm-hmm. um, do you lean? 
more towards a comic version, or are the movie versions okay, or do you tend to just keep a comic version on the shelf? I'm I'm a a, a real vintage focused collector, so movie versions don't play mm-hmm. a big part in my collection at all. Um, I try to go with you know with, with that the classic um, pre two thousand stuff is is really where. Like I said, where the focus of my collection is, um, you know, every once in a while, if there's a really, really cool figure that, that has kind of a vintage look to it, mm-hmm. then I'll pick that up. Um, obviously I'm, I'm dying to get the, uh, the jumbo secret wars Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's going on the, the brown suit Wolverine shelf for sure. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. A movie character is not, not so much for me. Um, I have, you know, toys that are based on movie properties that again, were, uh, were from the, uh, the eighties and nineties. I'm, I've recently gotten really into, uh, collecting bizarre, um, Kenner nineties licensed properties RoboCop. like, uh, like RoboCop, Last shadow. Action Hero, <laughs> um, not so much the shadow, uh, the Terminator and alien Police series. Academy. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- these toys have amazing action features. Uh, they're, they're just, they're super bizarre and, and fun. But, the RoboCop uh, figures are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anything cap firing. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> good times. It's good times. Um, you had said that the, the new 12 inch brown suit Wolverine, yeah. Yeah, it kind of hits that nostalgia spot. Is in, is it a cart? When you look at it, do you see the comics in it? Do you see the action figures in it, or is it just still that combination of everything? It's, nostalgia hitting you. It's, in the right it's the spot? combination. I mean, specifically with that figure because it's based on a comic property. I mean, you get the double whammy um, for sure. I mean, you see that figure, and you know, you think I mean, you think of the, the smaller toy. It's 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 original vintage counterpart, but you also I for me anyway think of of Mike Zek's artwork you know like i said in the original secret Wars series and, and it takes me back to that story and and uh you know going through those comics and drawing on every page like everybody had lasers shooting from their eyes and their hands and fingertips and anywhere where there was like an outstretched gun there was a laser blast coming out of it that i, I just tore those things apart devoured them uh, so yeah it immediately just zaps me right back to that well plus it's the fact that you like this figure so much yeah. you have six of him now here's a gigantic <laughs> version of him. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's like, it's like having, you know, some bizarre idol, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, I've got an entire house full of these bizarre little idols. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry, a room in my house, an entire house. I, I understand. Yeah. They get out every once in a while. Yeah. Would you be inclined, do you think, to go back and get more of those 12 inch? Uh, Secret Wars figures due to the Secret Wars stuff, or is it just the the Wolverine that's going to hit you? Um, the Wolverine is the one who has the shelf space right now. I'm I'm also like I'm not the kind of collector that uh, I mean I used to be. You know where where you just you buy and you buy and you buy and you you stuff it away in totes and, and you keep it in storage. Um, I've gotten to a point now where I, I I have a space for it, so I like to keep that space as full and as neatly curated as possible. So you know if it doesn't fit on the shelf then it doesn't get to be in the collection you know like everything has its has its place and you know I, so i have like this little this this shrine this happy place that i can go and i can i can be surrounded by these things that i love um so yeah so wolverine's got a space um everybody else you know eh, we'll, we'll see we'll see i like i'd like to see a cap and and doom uh doom is you know one of my other favorites from that line but but i got to think about space he's the one with the <laughs> robo printed yeah 
She's a bit rubbed off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are just a little after me because I missed that whole Secret Wars thing. So. <sighs> this is a cool line. It's they great. didn't have the funding that Kenner did with their superpowers right. line, so right. it didn't, I don't think they did quite as well, but they're still iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what about you, Tim? You got any character focuses, or how, how does your collection kind of go? Is it scattered about, or do you have like a character, hey, I really like He-Man, so He-Man's going here? Or? I tend to go through phases. Um, yeah, I tend to go through phases. Probably my biggest one recently has been the Masters of the Universe Classics. That started about two years ago when a buddy had, with that, uh, that scandalous Big Lots thing. I don't know if you guys heard about that, that the Big Lots, the $10, the Masters of the Universe Classics figures started showing up at Big Lots across the country and for like 10 bucks, And those are that's cheap for how much those figures usually go for. And my friend uh, Ryan posted on my Facebook page at li- uh, that night, and he said, hey, um, Big Lots, I found these all at Big Lots. You go check it out. And I went back the next day. They were all gone. And that just that snapped something in my brain. I'm sorry, and that, that was me. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so I literally was going to all of the different Big Lots trying to find these figures. And then that actually birthed the two comics, the Mumator book and the Frankenstein book, both of which are on sale this weekend. But that whole, both of these books grew out of that experience and obsession, growing obsession with Masters of the Universe classics. And a lot of it just, again, has to do with nostalgia, um, certain memories attached to figures. And so sometimes looking on eBay, like just recently I bought, like um, just for fun, uh, it was uh, an aerators, a set of aerators figures from like 80, seven i think and they were they were on card they were still sealed in the card because and again i was never really big into that line but the figures just themselves are works of art they're so little and they just got cast in two inch right yeah and they're cast in these two colors of plastic and the box art the card art is absolutely beautiful it's phenomenal like yeah it um so yeah just random and sometimes i'll just get on a kick like like he said these bizarre 90s act i bought a lot of it was like a, a set of robocop action figures off of ebay it was most of the, the figures and i was like ooh, and of course nobody else wants them yeah and yeah. so, so you get a, like 7.99 and you've got most of the collection there <laughs> um but yeah so I'll, i focus in on certain things like but even with that he-man line i'll just get the figures that I, probably my plumb line is that I only tend to get, except in rare circumstances, what I had as a kid. Like with the Master Universe Classics line, I had Faker as a kid. I'll get Faker. You know, I did. They didn't. I didn't have um, Blade as a kid, so I won't get that. So, and that also helps to self-regulate how much you have and how much I'm, you have room I'm for. I'm almost the opposite. If if <laughs> I didn't have it as a kid, yeah, I and I see a new version of it, I'm more likely to go. I want to add that to my collection. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's kind of my, my thing. I, yeah. I, especially stuff I have, didn't have, you know, in some instances, yes, I'm totally with you there. Yeah. But that, that's just me. I'm still looking for a good three and three quarter inch Batman figure because I'm a three and three quarter inch collector. And I don't think there's, I can been, make you one. Uh, they probably would take that. Cause I have not seen one mass produced yet. But do you I, have the Mego one, the three and three quarter inch Mego pocket I superhero? I do have a uh, pocket superhero. That one, one is awesome for my, I don't have the bent leg one. I have the straight leg one. That one's better. I like that one nice. better. Yeah. And I want to say as a kid, I had the Batmobile, but I do not have it, sadly, anymore. So mm. I actually don't have any of my Mego stuff from when I was a kid. Yeah, how, I don't either. How, now, you're a big Mego guy. Love Mego. Are, are you into the Mego at all, Brandon? I had, I had two Mego figures as a kid um, that I think I got for my fifth birthday. Uh, I had Batman and Superman. And then... 
uh, like Empire Strikes Back came along and just ruined all of that. I didn't care at all. Um, I just wanted Star Wars and nothing but Star Wars. So, uh, and then Matches of the Universe, you know, on top of that. So it was, it was just He-Man and Star Wars for me, um, for a long time. Those were my, my primary focuses. Um, yeah, didn't really get an Amigo. Wasn't, wasn't a thing that, um, that I dug. Now, um, for you, it'd be Secret Wars. For you, it's probably some of the Mego stuff. Amiga, what, yeah. What, um, did you ever take like your figures as a kid and go, okay, I want to reenact this comic book I, I read? Or mm-hmm. was that a big part of your play scenarios as a kid, do you think? Or was it more of the cartoons that kind of. Probably the cartoons for me. You pick out kind which of fueled the plot lines of my action figure play sessions. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I did a lot of, you know, kind of playing on my own with toys. Um, when, when I play with toys with friends of mine, it was a lot of, you know, being outside and running around and just, you know, kind of making up stories. Uh, nothing ever specifically that I can remember taken from, uh, a plot from a cartoon or a comic. It was just, uh, make just, stuff yeah, up. just get out and, and make it up. But, uh, I mean, even more often than that, we would actually role play as the characters oh, yeah. and, and, you know, from, from the cartoons. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of inventing stories. What about, what about today when you're setting up displays? Do you, um, do the comics influence you? Do you put your X-Men shelf together according to the comics or do you put it together just however you want it? Or, you know, do you put it together by character? Or do you, uh, you know, Hey, here's the red team from the X-Men or right. here's yeah. the Avengers. How, how, how do you get, how does that? influence you guys for me it's a matter of prior like character importance for the most part like when my master of the universe have to have he-man battle cat up front you know skeletor and panthor you know you get your good guy shelf and your bad guy shelf <laughs> and um, of course that's, that's, a, that's obvious i figured that was a given huh? yeah and so i mean you just feel i don't know this this weird internal obligation that i have to have man at arms you know close by and stratos and you know uh Tila, I don't have Tila. I have the green girl, the goddess. She has to be up front, you know, and Orko has to be, you know, somewhere between them, you know, but then like, it's kind of free reign, like, you know, what else? But with the bad guys, it's like, just kind of take your turn with, uh, switching around. But this is, you gotta have He-Man and Skeletor sort of up front though. So that is so nerdy. It's just off the charts, but no, I, 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 I love appear it. into my inner world there. My, my He-Man shelf is, uh, I, I have a complete collection of, of us release vintage figures. Um, and so, you know, the top shelf on my He-Man wall is, uh, uh, is good guys and bad guys, but it's, it's split down the middle. Like uh, the core center of, of the shelf are, are the, the original eight. Uh, and then it kind of, you know, fans out from there by wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then like the, the second shelf is kind of later release good guys and bad guys. And then there's the horde on one side and the snake man on the That's other. That's good. Yeah. So, you got to keep them in yeah. your own. Yeah. Yeah. Group. So they're, they're definitely grouped by factions. Um, factions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then everything else, like I've got kind of a, this superhero shelf. That's just a really wild hodgepodge of, of color and, and scale. And there's, there's not really too much, um, uh, organization going on there. Um, I just kind of like to put things up where they look fun together mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of He-Man. He-Man is the one thing that's like totally curated. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys mix comic art in 
with your figures when you display mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got um, with, with the He-Man. I've, um, I've got the original, uh, the the Star Comics run, all um, on the shelf behind the figures. Oh, that's nice. Um, and then I've that got uh, I've got some other. Uh, some other shelves where there's a comic that relates to, you know, some of the figures, um, on that shelf, you know, the, the comics are lined up back behind there right now. Uh, my buddy, John Tyler Christopher is doing, um, is doing covers for Marvel's new secret wars series where he's, he's painting, uh, you know, toy covers. So the, the cover of the comic oh, looks I saw like the black Spider-Man one. I mm-hmm. oh, oh man, that was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. The cover of the comic looks like the toy package, and uh, so he's doing like a bun- bunch of the vintage figures, but he's also doing um, current characters as Secret Wars figures, like oh, Star Lord, and, and they're they're phenomenal. Um, so I'm I'm collecting those, and those will be going, you know, behind the superhero shelf. That sort of thing just makes me giddy. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. What about you, Tim? You got any art mixed in or? No, I mean, I have a couple posters on the wall, but they don't um, don't really interact with the figures themselves. And posters take up uh, shelf space, you know. Put the posters or the artwork behind the shelves, and you know, I, I like the idea. Of, <laughs> I like the idea of comics, though, because you can. That's you, a great you, idea. You can fit, you know, comics normally a little shorter, so you yeah. can fit a whole piece of artwork, mm-hmm. right? You know, right. behind a, a figure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I assume by the way it sounds, you guys are both openers. That was one of the questions I know I had, uh, uh helpless opener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, um, I'm really, really big into packaging as, as a, a toy maker. Um, I'm really concerned with how a toy looks in the package, uh, especially with, with like a, an action figure, you know, like a carded figure or whatever. So I have, I have two retail displays in, in my trophy room. <laughs> so I, I've got a couple, um, spots where I can hang carded figures, you know, if it's that's something that's awesome. just like something that's really cool and has great card art, uh, and just looks fantastic on the card, then, then I can have a place to hang those, you know, on the peg. And it, it looks like, you know, I'm at the store, you know, thumbing through, uh, thumbing through figures. Which is which is so much fun. It's something I've always wanted. Uh, so yeah, some things I, I keep on the card still, but uh, I really really do like to take a toy out and play with it. Um, check out its action features. I'm, I'm really big into that kind of stuff. Like this, this domino that I picked up today, it's got this, this crazy gun, that, like it fits together and makes one huge super gun. And she's got these leg rockets that clip into the gun and fire. And it's really simple, but it's, it's kind of elegant in the way that's articulated and, and meant to be played with. So there's a know, good she chance had to come out of the package. There's a good chance that you're the only person in the world, in the world that today bought a 1990s toy biz domino and, action. And who's ever referred to it as elegant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tim, you're an opener. Do you, do you collect also on card or? Um, I get a couple. Um, no, I'm primarily all an opener. Uh, though I do, like I said, I'll buy sometimes an, if I can get a good deal on an older toy, like those aerators that I got on the card. Um, and, and I have a small collection of just like, like card backs, like from a few GI Joe card backs, and um, like I've got one of the an, an LJN ET action figure still oh, yeah. still on the card. The card is trash, but it's just like I had that in first grade, and I just absolutely love that. And oh, first grade, go up over, over and over again, <laughs> up and down, making me feel ancient here. <laughs> and then, um, and then like a Pee- I got a Pee- I bought, just recently bought a Pee-wee's Playhouse Pee-wee mint on card. Nice, it's just awesome. Yeah, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Now you guys are both comic creators. Let me go back one. Two, okay, one, no, go ahead. Go the ahead. Funko figures. 
I will say that the Funko reaction figures almost command you, almost demand that you keep them on the card simply because the card art is, is so what awesome. The- it really is. I mean, just, yeah. it's a whole package deal because it just totally takes you back to early 80s Kenner style packaging. I mean, that whole. So, I know, uh, Scott. For those, I have bought some of those and I have kept those in the package. Scott, Scott on the podcast says that they're, that he won't buy any more because they're not. Uh, collector friendly. You can't open them. They, the, mm, can't reseal them. them. You can't reseal them. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's one of the things that I, I have gone for with, with my new three and three quarter line is that you can, you can take the bubble off the blister off the card and you can take the figure out and you can splay it loose if you want, but the card reseals or the, the blister reseals back to the card. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. Could you call Funko and maybe to, no, they're probably <laughs> listening to this and I'm going to get strings. I'm going to get hate um, mail. Yeah. Reese O'Brien, uh, one of the, uh, uh, big designers over there is actually, uh, he's, he's a good buddy of mine. I'll, I'll give him a call. Well, <laughs> don't, don't mention us. No, actually you can't mention us. We, we've actually talked to him on the show. So, oh, right on. um, yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah Reese is great. It's weird how that company just kind of came out of, I don't know if they came out of nowhere, but I just finally started. I just noticed them all of a sudden. And then once it's, they've got licenses for everything. Like oh, yeah. they are like, I'd say they're probably the coolest in terms of like stuff that you find on the toy shelves right now at like Walmart or Target or whatever. They're the coolest company out there. At least they're doing something unique and original. Uh, yeah. I actually, um, I'll tell you guys what it is after, but I actually sent him a message cause I don't want to reveal what it is. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, or I sent him a tweet and I said, when are you guys coming out with these figures? And he's like, we don't have the license yet for those yet. <laughs> so, um, hopefully that, that's coming soon, but Teen Wolf. Oh, no, it wasn't Teen Wolf. <laughs> um, we're doing Dark Crystal. We're still trying to get them to do a, an action figure blues set of figures or <laughs> pop finals. Um, so that's not going so well. <laughs> um, but you guys are both comic creators and your, your toy customizers. Mm-hmm. How does one influence you for the other? Which, which kind of comes first for you guys? Do you, cause, cause you both have done comics that are toy based and I, and I love them. And thanks, you know, you know, last year, um, looking at stuff, what I bought, that's why I bought the things I bought from you guys is cause it was toy based. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. So that was some of the, the comics that I had bought last year. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of comes first for you? Would you guys see a toy in your head and you're like, Oh, I got to build a figure of that. Or do you see, okay, I'm going to draw a comic and go, okay, this is the comic guy. Now I want to go build a, an action figure for it. Which, what's your kind of creative process there? It's kind of a back and forth symbiotic thing for me. Like again, like so much of my current, like almost all of my, the latest stuff that I've done in the last couple of years has been so inspired uh, by the toy lines that I collected as a kid. Um, and so like the Mumator and the Frankenstein, that stuff is just, it's just a total loving homage to all those like power lines of the, of the eighties. And so like when I'm getting inspiration for stuff, I'm looking through pages from old Christmas catalogs, wish books and stuff like that. And so I'd say probably for the most part, toys always come first for me, um, in terms of like fueling my current artistic efforts and whatever. It's just like sort of an, uh, an endless reservoir of, <laughs> of, uh, divine inspiration. Do you sculpt the figure first or do you, uh, do you just kind of sketch it out or do you, how, how does that, you mean if I'm, when I'm making yeah. a custom figure or when you're making a comic say, Oh, well, you know, for the Frankenstein book, I actually, a couple years ago, I actually sculpted a I actually made Amigo style, and it was before I had the Master of the Universe obsession, so it was just plain old Amigo style. But 
I had sculpted and casted and molded, um, molded and casted a, a head and made a, a you know a full blown Frankenstein figure that I used the look then to pattern the contours of the cosmos Frankenstein after. So a lot of times I will do that because that seems to solidify the idea in my mind and help me work. It's, it's weird how it all works together, but it's like as I'm sculpting this, I'm really thinking of it as a as a toy, and I'm, that's feeling the the. You know, it's feeling like feeling so really the comic for you. Work. You're like the '80s, where your comics are more of a commercial for. It's yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. What, what about you, Brandon? Yeah, it's 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 toy, it's toy all the way. Um, since the, I mean, that's my primary um, artistic media. Uh, medium rather is uh, is toys. You know, I, I'm a 3D guy. Uh, I, I make toys first, and then the comics uh, come out of that. Uh, come out of you know obsessing for weeks about a character and building a story. Yes. Um, you know, it it all comes from from being hands on and, and you know being really um, uh, close to to that process. You know, um, you just start to think about it, and, and the story develops out of uh, out of the creative process of, of bringing something physically to life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one hundred percent toys uh, first, and then and then story. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. very cool. Um, do you ever like read a mainstream book and go, "Hey, I've got to go build a custom of this"? Uh, that's really a question for both of you guys, but oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I've I've done some like uh, with my my project last year, one off Wednesdays, um, where every Wednesday, you know, I, I put out a completely unique, one of a kind custom figure. Um, a lot of those were were taken from uh, pre-existing licenses, kind of my, you know, uh, my tributes or homage, whatever, to uh, uh, to things that I was reading or, or had read, you know, uh, coming from comics, literature, etc. So, um, it's something that I definitely want to do more of, but there are only so many hours <laughs> in, a, in a lifetime. <laughs> you know? Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it, it definitely influences it from time to time. Yeah, with me, it's usually something I usually get fast with a character, something about a character, whether from a TV show or I'm just trying to think of some of the, the customs that I've made. Uh, like I made Migo, a Migo version of the blue Snaggletooth from the Kenner line. Um, just something about the way that figure looks and just the, the look of the character. Um, and then also like from TV shows or something like that. Uh, like the smoking man from the X-Files. I went on an X-Files binge a couple of years ago and just watched it. And I was just so fascinated by the nature of that character. And I made a Miko figure out of him replete with fake cigarette as well. Well, you'd have to have that. So yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I kind of forget what the original question was, but uh, do you ever read a comic book, like a mainstream book and go, no. I have to make a character of that. Yeah. Most of it's retroactive for me. Most of it's stuff from like, Oh my gosh, remember that, uh, this, that bad swamp thing movie that they made in 1981. <laughs> that was, that was bad, but it was amazing at the same time. You know, uh, I want to make a Mego figure based off of that. Or, um, like my Mego swamp thing figure was based on uh, kind of a combination of the, of that movie. Yeah. 
the look of it was that movie and then the saga of the, the way he looked in saga of the swamp thing. So like certain things will grab, grip my imagination and kind of fuel the, the direction. But I honestly don't even read a whole lot of new, new comics off the shelf. Um, I bought an issue of, uh, swamp thing, the convergence issue. And I thought that was amazing. Um, bought that last week, but that was like the first comic I've just, I've bought off the shelf. There's a few artists and writers that I read on a regular basis, but you know, when they release uh, books, but um, but in terms of like mainstream stuff, I honestly don't read a whole lot of it. Um, do you have the '90 Swamp Thing action figures? <laughs> Funny you ask. I just finished, I have to ask that question. Yeah, I just actually up. finished my collection of those, minus the two regular guys, the Tomahawk and the uh, Ram. Or the, there was like a Rambo-looking guy, and then some <laughs> other guy. Those guys were lame. I had no interest in them. But I got the Unmen. Bye and I got Billy. The, yes, <laughs> or no, Bayou Jack. Bayou Jack. Yeah, yeah. I had no interest in getting those guys they don't count so <laughs> but i i did um i do have the most of those figures and a transducer nice. so somebody had misspelled and i got it for like 10 bucks on ebay oh, that's awesome in mint in box dude wow that's so cool <laughs> yeah i think they, they spelled it like transdicer and so i was like buy it now ten dollars <laughs> it's a rad place that is a cool place so yeah. yeah that's like the energizer one isn't it it's like a it's a yes i think that i, I think they may have gained some inspiration but there was some the Remco one. Yeah, there was yeah. some Monsterizer. I think it was yep. called Monsterizer. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a uh, Glow in the Dark in the Swamp Thing line too, wasn't there? Yes. Bio, Bio Glow Swamp Thing. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a that's a thing I'm I'm particularly fond of. Uh, uh. <laughs> you, you seem to like the gimmick stuff. Yeah, I love I love a good gimmick, a good action feature. Um, I, uh, and I and I love that '90s Swamp Thing. Uh, that was line. a cool line. I mean, the Swamp Thing was was a major major influence on the creation of uh of bognar who's you know one of the, the main characters in my my warlords of war comic and toy line and, and definitely the most uh i guess the most iconic the most popular of the characters i've done several versions of them and one of the versions that i did uh did last year was uh bioglow um <laughs> a bioglow bognar that was modeled you know after that bioglow swamp thing figure and right down to the packaging yeah yeah right down to the packaging like i did a, a really cool header card that was a straight up tribute to that that artwork um, because again i mean those those are great great cards um really cool art so i wanted to, to you know give it all i had and and uh really uh um say thanks to, <laughs> to kenner and this one thing for uh, for making such an awesome toy so yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you tell everybody kind of like what your current projects are We'll start with Tim, where they can, where people can find you, what you're working on, yeah, what you want people to know. Yeah, uh, people can find me at timbaron.com. Just t-i-m-b-a-r-o-n.com, and just go to the store for um, to see the latest books and whatnot. I, we actually just finished and got back from the printer this week, the Frankenstein and the Conquerors of the Cosmos. It's basically the second issue and. Are sort of homage to the '90s power line or the '80s power lines, Master of the Universe, that sort of thing. We did Momotor last year and did Frankenstein this year, and uh, we we're really psyched on how it turned out and really proud of of the book that, that we did. And, yes. and we have one in the audience already. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so that's been my biggest thing. Uh, ben Avery and I, the writer that I work with, he amazingly talented guy. Um, he proposed an idea for a non. Uh, action figure related project a non-fake non-existing <laughs> action figure project like what we've been working on but a uh, possible swamp thing style uh story not related to a toy line but um 
I've been absorbing some Alan Moore into my DNA lately and really intrigued by swamp creatures. So he has a really crazy idea for a swamp creature story that maybe we'll look into. If not, we'll definitely be continuing the, the Conquerors of the Cosmos line. Uh, we've got to do a Dracula, the Conquerors oh, wow. of the Cosmos nice. next. So it, yeah, the, the, the Conquerors of the Cosmos is pretty much like if you combined like He-Man plus, um, Universal Studios Monsters plus, just some random weird what in the world was that 80s <laughs> style uh, weirdness into into crammed it into one book um, but yeah we're psyched on how these things have turned out so we'll probably keep doing them what, what about you Brandon where can folks find you um, you can go to man or monster studios.com or warlords of war.com although those websites are both tragically outdated as is uh, mine yeah yeah the best the best way to keep up with with everything that I'm doing is either through uh, through Facebook um, my, my personal Facebook page. I'm Brandon M. Barker on Facebook, or I've also got pages for Manor Monster Studios and Warlords of War. Um, War is spelled W-O-R like by the game. way. Like, the, like Wizards of War. Yeah, like the Atari game. Um, nice. So uh, you can find me on Facebook or on Instagram. I'm uh, Manor Monster on Instagram as well, and, and that's where you're going to see like everything up to the minute that I'm working on. Um, so beyond, uh, beyond Warlords of War, um, which you, know, you can still get the comics on my website. Um, I've got five mini comics out with, uh, some really great artists that I got to collaborate with. Um, uh, Cordy Hampshire and Brian Level and, uh, Tom Scholey and, uh, Brian Brown and, and Andy Bellinger, uh, just along with, along with a, a bunch of other great artists who contributed pinups and, uh, and various other artwork. Um, really, really fun stuff. Um, beyond that, I'm working on a new line, uh, called Cosmic Crusade, which is my first venture into three and three quarter inch action figures. Yay. Um, yay. <laughs> all, uh, all vintage, uh, Kenner Star Wars styled toys in, in this kind of like bizarre oddball parallel universe to uh to star wars you know um but uh they're a lot of fun uh, me and my buddy brad uh of battle babies fame are kind of working on this together and just just making up some really wacky characters and and put them out in in uh fun retro style cards um yeah having a good time and, and we have one in front of us here and it is pretty cool thanks thanks yeah it's the uh, the battle moon chaplain he is the uh <laughs> the uh the android responsible for um uh proceeding over religious services on uh on the galactic imperium's battle moon um, mm. which is nothing at all like a death star it's a battle so moon. it is a moon not a space it's, station it is in fact a moon yes and a space station it's a battle moon there you go <laughs> is that a trademark do we, do we have to like put the trademark <laughs> next to the... i don't i don't think i'm gonna mess around with trademarks okay. at all um i'm i'm skirting the edge already so, you know. john i forgot to mention i always forget about the whole social media thing but i'm also on uh instagram just tim baron art that probably also is probably the best way to see what i'm up to as well and you're on twitter as well i know and twitter are, right yeah uh, Tim Baron Art as well on, on Twitter. Warlords of War on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. 
because I follow you guys on Facebook and Twitter, but I can never remember which one I see which, what things on. So, yeah, I usually just take a picture on Instagram and then post it to yeah. Tumblr, <laughs> Facebook, and Twitter. And I usually, yeah, it's typically what I do. I'm old. I'm not into Instagram, even though we have one for AFB. I just don't use it. So, yeah, I'll get yelled at for that one of these days. But we're, we're super visual guys, so I, I mean, yeah, I it's so practical. Yeah, yeah. so practical. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I was I was talking to somebody recently, and they go, "Did you know you have to take pictures to use Instagram?" I'm like, "Well." <laughs> That's what I heard. I don't use it for that reason. <laughs> but, um, anything else you want the folks out there to know about you? No, I think I'm good. You think you're good? You're good, Tim? Yeah. I'm good, sir. Thank you so I, much. I, well, thanks for coming out, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, John. Thank you, everybody. My new cake mix. We have the power on. All right. And it's so delicious. I think we're getting through, Captain. What year? 1987, I think. Try it. Hello. To anybody watching, this is Captain Power, Jonathan Power. Do you read? We have a situation here. The year is 2147. Human life is threatened by bio-dreads. They follow a Lord Dread. I need your help. I have instructions. Please pay attention. Weekly program transmissions on TV begin September. If you have the power jet, XT7, the XT7, you can fire invisible beams at enemy targets on these transmissions. Score or be hit. Warning, the TV show will fire back. It will fire back. Score or be hit. Do you understand the power of the future is in your hands? My next message is September. Come in. Is anybody there? This is Captain Power. Before we kind of wrap up the episode, we always like to have feedback. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of ways you can get feedback to us. You can tweet at us, at AFBlues. You can throw rocks at Scott's house. Um, you can go to our Reddit and leave us your news items. Or you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And you know what? If you do that, you might just hear it read out because that's what we're getting ready to do. And, Justin, you have some feedback. So let it, lay it on us. Okay, I believe this comes from Facebook, and this is from uh, Joe, also Art. He asks a question, has anyone heard of any merchandise from the movie referring to Mad Max Fury Road? A line from Hot Wheels or Hollywood Greenlight, they can take my cash now. Um, yeah, no. I agree. Nothing. Yeah, they should be something, but there is nothing. Yeah. Well, I certainly know Eddie um, did a review of some of those, um, some of the older Mad Max mm figures a while back, but, um, yeah, I'm quite surprised that we haven't seen anything at all, um, for Mad Max. I mean, you know, Vertigo did a, a tie-in comic, but I think that was literally about it, but, um, look, I love the movie so much that if they did a line of figures, um, you know, I'd be getting the, the, the Max figure, the, the, the Charlie's Theron figure, um, I, I think the, um, you know, the, there's actually some really unique looking characters in this film, you know, Nathan Jones, the, the strong man slash wrestlers in it. So, you know, that'd be a gigantic figure and, uh, yeah, I, I'd be in. So yeah, Joe, I, I, they could take my money too. What about hot toys? Would you be in for hot toys? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently you've thought about that one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't know if, uh, if the hot wheel style cars would go over for this or not. I mean, I imagine they would cause you know, kids would just smash them up or whatever. But uh, there are some great vehicles in this film. So yeah, I, I just wonder more with the rating on the film that if you know they they wanted to shy away from that. But well, it's R rated, isn't it? It's R rated yeah. in the US. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I'm not really sure why, because there's not a great deal of... I mean, there's a lot of violence, but there's certainly not a lot of blood. There's not a lot of swearing. So I'm really not quite sure where the R rating comes from. Um, well, you know, we're kind of wusses over here anymore, so uh, that's probably the reason. Mm. Let me just Fair enough. check that. Uh, make sure that it is R rated. Yeah, it's R rated here. So, yeah, I don't know. And um, last up, Arnold from our research department, who I think is probably Scott, but I'm not sure. Uh, he wanted to pass along. They were talking last week about the uh, Mego vans um, because they're coming off of Teen Titans and uh, a Bat Batmobile Crime Lab. Um, the only one that was original was the Batmobile Crime Lab. There was, however, a second one, and it was the Joker Mobile in the uh, vintage Mego line. So uh, there were two, but they weren't. Both of them aren't looking like they're getting remade. Although I would imagine they'll probably do the Joker Mobile at some point. Mm-hmm. It had stickers all over it, like laughing pahas and things, if I recall right. Cool. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Mm. But it'd be good to see those. Well, gentlemen, I think I think it's it. I think we've made it to the end of an episode. We did. The fire's out. An adventure. Well, yeah. <laughs> we we fought Skype off, and uh, I think we won. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, eight out of ten. We'll see how it all comes together. If, if later in the week you listen to this and it's just news and uh, this part, then you guys will know something terrible has happened in, <laughs> in the meantime. So Bring our relatives. That's right. Yeah. So, well, as always, it's been a great blast talking to you guys. I, I always enjoy that. And we will, we will say good night. Good night, Argentina. Good night. Have good your night. pets spayed or neutered. Sorry, John. That's okay. <laughs> Is, is it, Justin, is there a cause you'd like to say good uh, to? Yeah, maybe if you could do something for cramp awareness, that'd be good for me. <laughs> <laughs> Have your cramp sorted out. <laughs> okay. Remember, people, stretch before exercising. It's stretch, especially hammies. You'll miss them when they're gone. Yeah. All righty. Night all. Bye. Good night. <laughs> The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Okay, we ready to do this? Yeah. Yeah. We will start in five, four, three. Well, if you've ever been more excited when unpacking electronics about... No, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Five, four, three.
Well, if you've ever unpacked a piece of electronics and been more excited about having packing material to fo- photograph, now I know what I want to say. Just grab my wooden spoon.